David, you grabbing your balls? Because that was a higher. <laughs> my ear is killing me. Ah, right next to my head. Thank you, lady. This week was professionally edited by the lovely Renee Price. No, don't all speak at once now. And who would that be? Somebody's giggling in the back of I'm giddy. This has been Me a too. long time coming, this episode. You know, I was moderately excited to ambivalent. Like, I always fluctuate within that little zone. But both of you, and with the addition of our guest tonight, and I'm, I was thinking about it over the over the, the break, I was like, I am excited for this. Good. I really am. Good. When did this happen? How did this happen? Who cares? But I am. That makes me happy. Good. Help us to help you. Aww. 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 Daddy daycare reference. Aww. Jerry Maguire. Oh, dead. Did you see that? Anim- out there. <laughs> All of us. Do you guys see that Adam Sandler Wessler that's on uh, oh, uh, what is it, the stupid six or whatever the hell it is? Oh my I've god. I've seen it. Uh, Blazing across my Netflix login yeah. every time I go to launch Jessica yeah. Jones, but yeah, it's so good. You Stop. watched it? You watched it? Of course he did. He's, he's like, hell yeah. He's Adam Sandler's mega fan. I love Adam Sandler. He even loves Click. I like him for that one hour that he made that 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 comedy CD. That was about it. <laughs> Come on, a good. Why are we talking about Adam Sandler though? Because he's awesome. Mm. Yeah, Darth Sandler. Hanukkah's over, dude. Yeah, seriously. Happy Christmas cut, everybody. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's 11 o'clock comics episode. Say it all with me. 399. Wow. My goodness. And I am VBD4. Nice. Yes. <laughs> See what I did there? That was cute. <laughs> uh, I'm BB8. Uh, nice. Is it seriously the greatest Star Wars toy ever made? It might be. It might be. I don't know because I don't have one. (laughs) And check yourself before you wreck yourself because I'm C-3PO. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Only you could get away with that C-3PO. Tell me something. That would not be the best nerdcore rapper name ever. M-C-3PO. That would be funny. (laughs) But you're not... MC3PO, you're Jason Wood, everybody. And get this, we have a very, very special guest this week. In addition to our our, our little uh, dog and pony show, this is a man who lives his life in the fast lane. <laughs> he takes it to the limit. Oh, Lord. I guess you could call him a desperado. Oh, shit. Ladies and gentlemen, fresh from his extended stay at the Hotel California... It's Mario Muscar. Hi. I hate the fucking Eagles, man. <laughs> hey, take it easy. Come on. That's exactly why I did that. 
I just happened to, to say something or mention something about the Eagles one day, and Mario lost his shit. So ever since then, it's been very easy to to get his little goat. That's adorable. It's a cute goat. No, I mean, they're better than a dead, so that's fine. Oh, my God. <laughs> Where, where's the disconnect yeah. button? Seriously. No, but it's good to have Mario here. And... As usual, if you would like to get your comics dirt cheap, no segue this week because we have business to attend to. All you have to do is go to Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you, your family, your pets, and everybody from a galaxy uh, far, far away can get their comics dirt stinking cheap, such as from Vertigo, Dark and Bloody, number one. It's a six-issue miniseries from Sean Aldridge and art by... Scott Godlewski. It is uh, cover price three ninety nine. I guess that's the going rate for Vertigo now the, uh, these days. Three ninety nine cover price. But Jason would know. Um, if you are a DCBS customer, you can get this book for what seventy five percent off, ninety nine cents. You're not going to find it cheaper anywhere. From Image, it's Mirror Number One. Emma Rios is writing. Hui Lim is. Uh, Illustrating cover price is two ninety nine. That's pretty respectable. Uh, the DCBS price is a dollar forty nine. That's fifty percent off. And last but not least, I am a hero. Omnibus volume one reprints the first two installments of uh, I am a hero by Kengo Hanazawa. Supposedly, it's the greatest zombie manga ever. But we'll see. They're making a. There's a movie. Either it's made or it's being made about this, so you should get in on the ground floor. We're kind of timely. Cover price is twenty bucks. Your price, David? What? Ooh, ooh. nine ninety nine. Nine ninety nine. Only at Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. Get there right now. Do it. We'll wait. We'll drink while you wait. Why is Jason quiet? I'm oh, waiting for my cue, dude. Mm. Well, here's your cue. Okay. <laughs> That's usually a... Uh... All right. Speaking of cues, why don't we fire up the theme music? Because we're going to get us all all lathered up and, and, and raring to go. Let's get it right now. Boom. There's an OT music after, after the woo There is theme music after oh, the woo okay. This is a little special. Which is why we were pretty much all quiet, because I'm, yeah. I'm dying here. What? Uh, I was doing that before and I got yelled at. Mike hmm. yelled at me. Really? Yeah. I was doing it really loud because so I was excited for this. Nice. You, gotta get a new wa- you gotta get a new wife. Seriously. Is there a catalog I can look through? <laughs> yeah, yeah there actually is. is. Yeah, there is. Send <laughs> it over. Send it over. I want to flip through that something. EasternEuropeanBrides.net. Russian. Sir. The Russian women, the blonde, platinum blonde hair. Yes. yes. You love it. Somebody's motorboat. Seriously. Oh, that was Isn't weird. That cool, sir? My bad. But anyway. Blown up. All right. The themes, the theme music has died down. Yes. This. Thank you. Is our very, very <laughs> special. <laughs> Jay, very special. Jabba just pushed a button and now the floor gave way. Seriously. Our special Star Wars themed episode because by the time you hear this, it will be the day. Oh boy. That, that many, many people have waited for. I don't think it's a stretch to say that this could very well be the most hotly anticipated movie 
in the history of cinema. Well, it's already done as of today. It's already booked more than a hundred million dollars in pre-sales, which uh, wasn't long ago that a hundred million dollar movie was considered a hit. I know we're long past that, but still, that's pretty insane. Right. I think it's more than doubled the prior pre-sales record. So people feel burned. They feel hurt by those prequels. And they want a, uh, they want their favorite movie franchise to return to form. And I think chances are very good that this will be a return to form Star Wars movie. Yeah, I think so. The early yep. feedback was quite good. Uh, Mr. Liefeld was very active on the Twitter today talking about his experience seeing it. He was extremely complimentary of it. Said it's everything that we all hoped the prequels would be. He even wore a sport coat last night. All dressed up. A blazer. <laughs> Blazing. He got a blazer on. My uh, biggest nugget of um, positive feedback came from Mr. Lucas himself. Yes. When he did not praise the film. He said <laughs> he said the fans will like mm-hmm. it. So that, yep. to me, is a ringing endorsement of the Good song. point. Yeah. Yep. I saw Patton Oswalt tweet today that he it was it was you know exceptional. He was very happy about it. Oh, he called mm. it exceptional. Uh, no, I don't think he said exceptional, but it was actually it was it was a very very high praise tweet. Excellent. Good. How are you, Mario? I'm good. How are you? I'm I'm giddy. I I have tick four tickets for the seven o'clock showing on Thursday. Bringing my boys. Can't yeah. Wait. Yeah, I picked up two tickets last night. I pre I ordered them. You know, back in October, whenever that was. And then me and some boys rolled up last night to actually go to the theater and get the actual physical tickets. Because mm-hmm. we called yesterday and we're like, can we get the physical tickets now? And she was like, yeah, sure. She's like, that's actually a good idea because then you won't have to wait in the line to get mm-hmm. the physical tickets. To get in. You can yeah. just bypass all those fools and walk straight to the person ripping the tickets. No, that's Jason Wood mode. That's the really that's good thing. Just nobody's yeah, fooling around there. Yeah. I saw the picture on the Facebooks of you with your little hand. That's right. The mm-hmm. Me and the lovely wife heading up tomorrow night to check it out with some friends. She is lovely. Sweet. Yep. Because, you know, I don't know if you know, but Jen is just as much, if not a bigger Star Wars fan than I, as I am. Oh, that's no hot. No way. That's yep. super hot. That is, that is very hot, too. That is. She loves the Han Solo. How could you not? It's true. Yeah. What are we drinking? Let's get this show rolling. What are you drinking, Vince? Well, Stegmeyer Oktoberfest. It's almost all gone. Well, October's done been over, so. I know, but it's still good. What about our guest? <laughs> I am drinking a uh, Magic Hat Art Hop Ale. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it's good. That's a good beer. Damn good. Great label on that, too. Yeah, it's got the little beardy guy with the hop beard. <laughs> yep. Uh, what about you, Bo? Well, in honor of the evening, I, I have some wine here after this, but I went ahead and made a a cuke Skywalker. <laughs> it never ends. Which is uh, uh, plain, plain vodka, in this case, Belvedere. Uh, some sliced cucumbers, a little bit of mint, some simple syrup, and some lime juice. Mm, you, got all, you got all fancy on us. Dude, cuke Skywalker, what up? It sounds very good. It, it was a choice between that and the Qui-Gon Jin Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you went with the cuke. Now, do you make a picture of those things or do you no, just make one? I, I made a single cocktail. So what if you have, what if you want more? Well, like I said, I, I have wine after because 
Uh, it's a, it's fairly stiff being a vodka drink, and uh, you know, I have to be on on point tonight. It's a it's, it's a special theme episode. The wine the wine is a good is a good thing to go with those Skywalkers anyway. You know, because they wine yeah. all the time. That's oh, true. That. we're going we're right in. Well, that's only because he takes after his father. Wow, <laughs> right. we're going right, right in. Could be. Uh, in honor of the uh, the publisher who um, took over and 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 did the franchise justice for um, for many years, I am drinking Big Red Blend from Dark Horse. Oh, that's nice. Look at you, all sentimental and shit. Aww. You know, I mean, they it's it's where after going through. All five of the Dark Horse on the booze that collected the 107 plus the Return of the Jedi adaptation and a couple of annuals. Uh, the stories kind of went in weird places following Return of the Jedi. It took them forever to get off Endor. They're just, there are things that were kind of messy and, and the Dark Horse stuff kind of, I think did a, uh, I'm sure also that it didn't, Heard that they worked so closely with with Lucasfilm, but the um, you know you had uh, the the Dark Horse miniseries kicking off their their new um, acquisition, but they also had tons of uh, of pre Battle of Yavin stories. Thanks, I mean, not just to episodes one, two, and three, but they also filled in some other gaps and, and told stories of, of Jedi's and Knights and 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 the Empire. So I think you know, Dark Horse I don't want Dark Horse to really kind of just be looked down on just because they 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 were there and, and they were just telling stories that weren't in canon. They were still good stories and and you know they they did a lot, and they had some fantastic creators working on those stories. So, you know, I just want to make sure that, uh, and I didn't think this group would not do that, but I just want to make sure that Dark Horse still gets their due. Well, they'll get their due. Oh, yeah. They were the carriers of the torch, man, for a long time. Yep. And I would argue that one of the all-time greatest series came out of Dark Horse. Uh, Star Wars series, particularly. <laughs> Dark Empire? It was. No, no. We'll get to it. We'll get oh, to it. Oh, nice. All right. So yeah. I guess we should make it clear if we haven't already did it. It is a special Star Wars themed episode. Mm -hmm. Long anticipated. I can't believe it. We're finally here. Now. <laughs> it sounds so excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. I, th I, was, I was thinking about it though. Like, do you guys remember your level of anticipation and excitement for the prequels? Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Um, I think it was uh, the law of diminishing returns. The uh, I was very excited for the first one, and after I saw it, I could not give a damn if the other two ever came. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's pretty much how it went. It, yeah. it was it, I, that. That's that's one of. It's also so recent, but it is it. It's still a sting that I haven't recovered from. It it it. <laughs> it's a kick to the balls. It's it's a punch to the gut. It. it I mean, it's. We don't. We have no say in it. We don't own anything, but it is such a part of our growing up of, of our, of, of Mario's childhood, of, of Jason's childhood, of, you know, it, it's just, it's been around, it's been around as long as Mario's been alive. It's, it's, um, it's been around after Vince's first dozen years. I was, I was five when 
a new hope came out. So, you know, I mean, th- th- this has been around forever. And for them to say, Hey, we're doing prequels, which I wasn't really excited about. I wanted episodes seven, eight, and nine. I didn't really care about one through three. I didn't need to know what got us to what we saw in, in episode four, but it, it's what we got. And, and it's still, it, 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 it was somewhat of, of a middle finger. Yeah, exactly. It's it's one of those Michael Jackson situations where a creative individual is surrounded by yes men who tell him exactly what he wants to hear and don't have the guts to say, I think you're making a mistake. Yeah. George, because you were lucky enough with the first movie, smart enough with the second one to hire very talented people. The third is a gimme. It's not horrible. Jet, I mean, Jedi is watchable still because it has the original cast, but you could see where the slippage was starting to happen with Jedi. I'm, that may be heresy, but whatever. And then we get the prequels where he was, like I said, lucky enough to have created one of the greatest villains in cinema history. I don't really think we needed to know anything more about him. Yeah. And right. he trans, he transformed this great character into a sniveling, whiny, yeah. pathetic mama's boy. Metachlorians. Yeah, it, it, that's all you have to say. George Lu- under George Lucas's watch, the midichlorians were created, <laughs> and that that's it. That's end of story. That that's a person who is who has bought into his own um, superstardom and is not obviously not thinking with with great clarity about where Star Wars came from and what it means. You know, so and feel free to to stop on. I think I think something that's important to 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 remember when you talk about Star Wars and then you talk about the prequels and stuff is that that first I mean the first Star Wars movie is it's an independent film. You know, it's like you know it's totally DIY. uh, What do it yourself DIY independent film. You know, like like all those other movie makers in the seventies, like you know. Coppola yeah. and Scorsese and all those guys, you know, and all those all those guys in that same first group of filmmakers that came out then, you know, came out of film school and were making these movies, Spielberg. But like, it was a it was a total independent film, and that's part of the reason it's so enjoyable. You know what right. I mean? And then the second we get Empire, so you know, like it was a big success, so they got money, but it still had that that feel of like, you know. Uh, there's no rules, you know, like we're not trying to, to play it safe. And then you get to re- the Jedi and, you know, it starts, it's like now we're in the money making, you mm-hmm. know, now we're at full tilt, you know, George knows how much money he's making on the toys, you know, and, and all that jazz. And we're at the full, like, now let's, now we're making money. Now we're making these huge projects, you know. Right. And you can tell, um, you could see the progression because the first movie, I don't know if if subsequent generations are aware of this, but Star Wars was not an immediate hit. It had a very limited release, and it, it, the the buzz happened quickly. But it wasn't like you know released on a Wednesday, superstar, gigantic blockbuster box office bonanza by Friday. Uh uh-uh, uh, it didn't happen like that. It it was kind of gradual, but once it the the once the claws were were sunk in 
I mean, my generation, we just never let go. It just people. I I remember watching news broadcasts back in the day of people who saw it like, you know, fifty, seventy five times, and it's just like, how many times did you see it? That was the thing. It was like, let's go to see Star Wars every weekend during its release or every other day. There's just people who just went um, obsessively to the, to the theater to see it again on the big screen. One, we didn't have video cassettes. You know, you had to buy the Super 8 movie if you wanted to see it again. So it was like you saw it in the theater or you didn't see it at all or you waited for it to be on TV, which with this movie was a long shot because um, – releases didn't go from like there was home box and that's yeah it. yeah so so you know you had to wait for it so everybody went to the thing and a lot of the stuff that's in that 70s show with how eric views star wars that's a hundred percent true that's how it was yeah. you know i have a question about that because like i mean you said you said wednesday and it was released on a wednesday mm-hmm. um that was the day i was born and um <laughs> <laughs> <Midichlorian. Yeah>. um <laughs> Back then, I mean, for somebody that wasn't, you know, going to movies then because I wasn't alive yet, were movies released on Wednesdays then, or were they released on different days? Or I remember movies being released on Friday yeah. for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that's I what I remember. I, remember. I feel like Friday was the, always the day, but yeah, yeah. I, I don't have any memory of anything about Friday. Maybe that was just when it was like premiered. I don't know. Maybe that's when it was premiered, mm-hmm. like you know, in Los Angeles or whatever. So before we jump to another topic, I, I want to be the voice of dissension here. Um, okay. I'm not going to sit here and say that I was all that enamored with the prequels. Um, but I really think that for me, my enjoyment of the prequels, uh, particularly from a longevity standpoint, is far greater than it sounds like the rest of you. And, and Mario, I'm curious about you on this one, but on the, because for me, I, I can't extricate the prequels with what came in and around them, which is for my kids there, I mean, to them, the prequels came first. And then the Clone Wars cartoon, which lasted for years, was something that we watched religiously, and it bridged the gap of those movies. And so while I know that it's very trendy and very trite for people our age to bust on Anakin and, and the characterization, in my kids' minds, Anakin is easily the the most heroic character in the Star Wars universe because they've seen him be heroic for hundreds of hours. Um, and, 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 you know, expanding the cartoons. And so, um, and I thought that was an awesome cartoon. So I, I don't, again, I'm not trying to, I'm not going to defend those three films and suggest they're anywhere close to what I'd hope they would be, or especially in tone versus the original trilogy. But, um, but I, I definitely have a much fonder, feeling for the intent of, of, of it and the expansion of the universe than I think you guys do. And, and again, it's tied to the generational thing. So well, the, the, um, when we get to our top five there, um, the, the clone wars does play a part in why there's someone on my list. Okay, cool. And, and, and the prequels don't, they don't help, but they don't dismiss them entirely. Right, but you know what, Jason, I'm going to be devil's advocate here. Mm-hmm. The the creative people responsible for the Clone Wars cartoon created a heroic character. Right, that's what I was this is what I was gonna get at. Yeah. Sure. They they didn't create Darth Vader as a heroic character. From 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 their perspective, they were working with a clean slate other than what was seen in the movie. So 
it, the, I mean, the, the sky was the limit. They could do anything with this character within, you know, the, the bounds of what George permitted, right? So it's not a feat. The Clone Wars is, is great. Uh, I mean, what I've seen of it. Um, but that is not Darth Vader to me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, it, because the, the kid killed children in the movies, right? And even, even his heroic acts in the movies, aren't very heroic he does things out of spite he does things because he's he's pig-headed and obstinate and he's trying to prove himself he doesn't do things at all because he's because that's the way it should be i should save these people because that's the right thing to do no he does it there's always an ulterior motive with anakin i want to i want to impress amidala or i I want to show I want to show Obi-Wan that I can handle myself in a situation. There's, it's, there's always an ulterior motive, never for the sake of just doing it for the right reason. Mm-hmm. Like Luke. Luke is a hero. He leaves, well, uh, yes, he was, quote, orphaned, uh, so he, he left. But if you, if you read the book, Luke wanted to join the rebellion yeah. even before right, his right. aunt and uncle were killed. So it's just like he has a, an over, He's got an overpowering sense of doing the right thing. And yes, he got a little bit of a stiffy when he saw the princess. And that's, you know, another reason why he left. But the kid wants to do the right thing. Whereas Anakin, no, he doesn't. I don't think he has it in him from the get-go. Mm-hmm. No, every, I, I every decision he makes is selfish. Every single decision. Anakin yeah, makes. I don't have a problem with yeah. the point. Um, uh, you're right. But I guess, but I, but that being said, Anakin in the Clone Wars wouldn't exist without Lucas. I mean that he he created that that he literally created yes. that entire construct and the Clone Wars was created as a bridge between those films. So, yes. but you're right. I mean, I mean, the animation and 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 all of that goes a long way. And um, I think there's a difference though, again, generationally, between. I mean, we. I guess we'll see when we do our lists, but Darth Vader is one of the coolest characters of all time. Of all time, oh, yeah. no, no, no question. So anything that erodes the luster of that character to us is going to bring out the haterade, right? It's true, and, which makes you think, what the hell were you yeah, thinking? Right, but but again, but but for my kids, they they accepted at face value that this that the story of a kid that had a lot go wrong and got caught up in the dark side and made bad decisions and then became Darth Vader. Like they don't have that that they don't have trouble with the leap in logic because to them it was linear, right? Right. I, I would argue that Anakin was born to the dark side. Well, I have a when we get, I have a couple lists that I might, th- you know, if we have time to throw out there, and one of my lists gives exact credence to your point. Nice. Here's something. Here's something I, I think else is important to talk about. Like the the actual plot line and the plot points that happen in the prequels are not that are not bad. I agree. No, it's the execution that's poor. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I think that's right. That's right. So to take the, take a great actress like Natalie Portman oh, and make her stunt. deliver one of the most wooden. It's really unbelievable, right? Because I've seen I don't know if I've seen everything she's ever done, but I've I've seen quite a few things from her, from the professional up through Beautiful Girls, through her stuff like Black Swan, and right. like you said, Vince, she's a very good actress, and she's she is. I've seen her do comedies, I've seen her do dramas and art art pieces. I mean, she's got range, and it's it is one of the more saltifying performances i've ever seen it's mm-hmm. she's almost like a drone yep uh lucas is not a an actor's director no right he doesn't get him emo- <laughs> right get emo- at all <laughs> you know like you, there's there's different types of directors like um 
there are directors that, you know, when they work with, with on a movie, they are much better at getting a performance out of somebody. Or, you know, mm-hmm. there are technical directors and there's things, you know, different things like that. He is not an actor's director. And you can see that in Star Wars. You know what I mean? Star, the, the original Star Wars, you know, the performances aren't as good as Empire. Now, I don't know if that's because of, you know, the change in director or, or just the, the development of the characters or, or the script or, you know, or whatever, but, you know, there's, it's much better performances in Empire than there are in Star Wars. Agreed. I think we all pretty much feel that Empire's the best movie. Oh, no doubt for me. Yeah. Me yes. too. David? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think the uh, anticipation for Empire, I can remember sitting in the theater. I forget what movie it was, but, uh, could have been Flash Gordon. Maybe they, they showed, um, my, my timeline's probably screwed up, but they showed the Empire Strikes Back trailer mm-hmm. and I went ballistic when, when there was about a three second shot of the ATAT walking towards the camera. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know, you know, what the situation was, what was going on, but I saw that thing and I was like, this is going to be the greatest movie yeah, ever. You're right. <laughs> well, you're right. I mean, I, that, that, those scenes in Hoth, I still, like you said, I, I'm, I don't know if it's the first film I actually re- remember seeing, like I went to see as a kid in a theater. It probably wasn't, but it's definitely the one that has to be the earliest that I vividly remember as if it was yesterday being in the theater watching it. Yeah, yeah. And another thing that's, I started, uh, that made me start to start to question Mr. Lucas was when he went back and reworked a lot of the effects and different things in the original films. You don't do that. I mean, that just to me says that I didn't do it as good as I could have back See, in the that, day. So, I'm, I'm not, I'm not quite, I agree with you. I'm not sure I liked the choices he made in the revamps, but I, I don't hate on that for him because if you think about his career arc, um, for as much success as Star Wars brought him, uh, his special effects unit really became its own thing. And that really became something that he was passionate about and the evolving technology that enabled new filmmaking. So I could see how that would lead him to thinking the what if I could take the tools that I've helped build and revolutionize movie making with now and go back and make these films again. So I'm not, again, I'm not defending the end result, but I don't, I don't hate on that because I feel like the guy felt uh, I, I believe he was doing it with the intent of improving his own creation, not with the idea okay. of that, that, that's that's cool. But pick, uh, take it this way: What would you think of an artist, a recording artist, who at some point in their career stopped creating new music and just went back and remastered all their old recordings over and over and over? You'd be like, dude, you're living in the past. That's lazy. Yeah, even though recording technology has improved uh in the present day, that doesn't mean like you go back and obsessively rework these things that have already been produced. They 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 are entities unto themselves. Right. And now you're taking and you're polishing them up a little bit. It doesn't make them better. It just makes them newer. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. A picture if the Beatles had taken like in in the mid seventies were like, we're going to redo Sergeant Pepper. Yeah. And they redid Sergeant Pepper. And they're like, oh, and we're not going to press any more any more copies of the original Sergeant Pepper anymore. Right. You're, you're only able to get this new Sergeant Pepper. Mm-hmm. 
it's 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 profiteering to a certain extent. Yes, I'm sure there was the component that I'm going to make the Death Star blow up really cool this time. I didn't think the original explosion was all that bad, and I think I think that's a one of the things that's that's the, the Star Wars charm. Yeah, you did see some of the the lines where the the map paintings weren't exactly you know inserted into the scene perfectly, and it doesn't matter if the I think it's a testament to his to those first three movies that as wonky as some of the special effects are, nobody questioned it. No one. Mm-hmm. In in the first movie, when, when the 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 princess's ship is trying to escape from the the imperial um, uh, star destroyer, that is a cool scene. But it's by today's standards, yeah, you know, maybe you can see where some of the things are are lacking. But we didn't care. It was awesome. Yeah. Right. Well, look, I think that because uh, I. I didn't know that we were going to start off so negative, but I think the thing we have to remember here is that... Uh, That's just where it goes with Mr. Lucas. But it shouldn't, though. See, I, this is where I have to say, I mean, I think we should move on and end on a high note in the sense that, dude, okay. like, George Lucas, regardless of whether we think he didn't go out on a high note, like, he gave us this universe. Like, he, all, he all the all the expanded universe, all the books, the cartoons, the, the, the thousands of pages of comics, the ones we're all giddy for coming from Disney, and the, the, the ones we got from... I mean, all of that comes from the germination of he and his creative partners. And so, and again, it's a, it's a, in my opinion, the greatest fictional universe that's ever existed. And, and so, um, at least cinematic wise. Um, so, I mean, that's a, that's an amazing thing. And like you said, it's captured two generations and is on its way to capturing a third generation. Um, and so I salute you for that, Mr. Lucas. And listen, if we're going to, if we want to be honest with ourselves, good on him for selling, the franchise to Disney because oh, absolutely. we're going to, like you said, he, he wasn't getting it done. Now he gets to hand it off and we have three more major films coming. And what's likely going to be basically a new star Wars related film every year for probably the remainder of our lives. So right, right. I mean, it's you know, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But, and, yep. and by the way, you were absolutely right about the uh, new hope box office. It's, it's fascinating. Um, as I'm sure most of our listeners know, most films, and this is not a new thing, this has always been the case, debut and then steadily decline, usually between 50 and 60% from week one to week two, and then 30 or so percent from there, and it basically flatlines and then kind of has a long tail if it's a big hit. Um, you're right, it, it, Star Wars was, was very much like an art house film, per, per Mario's point. It, it opened with one and a half million in its first week, to, it was number two. And it only was in 43 theaters. Um, and then it went to 157 and did about 3 million. Then it went to 360 and went to 5 million in week three and finally hit number one and was up 75%. Then it was up another 50% the following week at 450. And for three months, the number of theaters showing it kept increasing as did, and the box office basically held steady between six and seven million dollars. So it was just this, this steady growing success story. Um, which you just never see. You don't see that in in, in movie theater, uh, movies at all. No, anymore, so I don't think we'll see that uh, again. May, well, Titanic was a hit, right? Avatar was pretty. Well, I think Mario's point about being an art house film really lends itself because the only time you see this kind of trend now is something that gets a really small release, like Blair Witch or something, and then because it's yeah, a hit, Birdman. it opens in more and more. You're right, Birdman, where it opens in more yeah. and more theaters, and then that's why the number grows. So, yeah, yeah. pretty interesting. <laughs> But going into this, 
I don't think it's possible to overstate the cultural importance of the Star Wars films, uh, particularly the first one, because again, as a as a kid experiencing it firsthand, when Star Wars really hit big, it transformed everything. It transformed movie making. It transformed movie going. It transformed publishing. Um, I was astounded that my favorite magazine back in, in the, in the, the good old days was Famous Monsters. And Famous Monsters, Forrest Ackerman was very, very particular with what kinds of movies he would allow into his magazine. There was a certain, certain type, but I, and I don't know if this was James Warren, uh, leaning on him, uh, Warren was a, an opportunist and when he saw the chance to, to make money, he took it. So, he takes a look out of his window and notices this Star Wars movie is making a lot of bank. Star Wars, a science fiction movie, appeared on the cover of Famous Monsters. Not just once, like for a while. Warren published um, a special edition. Everybody and his brother. There were Star Wars magazines out the wahoo when this when it hit big. Um, and that's not the, the only thing. I mean, it it, it was it triggered that. That, um, like a, a, a ravenous beast waiting to strike. Like everybody was on the lookout for the next big thing after Star Wars. Because look what happened with that. We, we were negligent. We were unaware that this thing could have been a phenomenon. Even the studio was unaware of it. But once Star Wars hit and they saw the kind of money that can be made with this kind of stuff, toys, you know, everything, bed sheets, um, clothing, uh, lunch boxes, everything. Every movie after that, whether there was, I mean, even the slightest chance of it catching on big, they all went merchandising out the Wahoo. Mm-hmm. I mean, Star Wars, Star Wars changed everything. It did. That's for sure. Yeah. I just, I really, to this day, wish the action figures were a little bit better with the articulation, and it's just they moved at the shoulders and the hips, and that was it. And the lightsaber okay. slid out from the arm, which was pretty cool, but it just, yeah, I it, like it, that. Yeah. I mean, the whole just, they were, they were stiff. And, and, uh, I mean, when, if you're going to put them next to your G.I. Joe figures, anything else, they, they seem lacking. But I mean, as far as you, know, you knew who the characters were, everybody, the, the scale was accurate. It, it, they were neat. Everybody needed them. Everybody had to have them. And I mean, I'm, I was one of them. I had to get as many of them as, as I could, but, uh, I, I still think it just the form of them, but yeah, go ahead. I try and I was trying to think what rivaled Star Wars in terms of popularity in my youth, and I could only come up with one thing. Just for you, or for everybody? For everybody culturally, hmm. the the one thing that rivaled Star Wars in its heyday, the the thing's heyday, was Happy Days, <laughs> and that's that's pretty sad. <laughs> I mean, there was nothing that pervaded the imaginations of 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 children and and teens and and adults alike, like Star Wars. It 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 is a phenomenon. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's get into our list. Enough of this BS. All right. Jason came up with the wonderful idea of um, a theme episode, and that theme being list our favorite five. Star Wars characters. Now, and hold, hold your horses now. Huh. That was that was just an idea for the episode. Not well, that was the idea that we, we we pushed out to everybody. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm saying so. We're going to talk about some 
other stuff. I hope too. Oh, absolutely. No, yeah, no. But, sure, but sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, the way you were of, saying it made it sound like that was going to be our episode. Is, yeah. <laughs> I don't want people clicking off. Yeah. Right. No. Now, that is. The, I have the full for the episode. I have. I have. I have a question about the list. Do we? Should we? We put it to vote. Should we go? Should we each go five through one throughout the episode, or should we each do our fifth and then talk about something else, and then I'll come back and do fourth? I'm just yeah, I think that's, that's how I would like to do it. Okay, yeah, I didn't, that's I, I didn't rank them. Oh, you except did? for no, well, no, I didn't. Oh, but the, the, the number one is cemented, but right, well, the other one, it's five, pretty good because that's what you have to give us now. Number five. Number five. Who's going first? Yep, me. Sure. My number five pick. Um, is, I believe he's the great, great, great grandson, great, great grandson. I don't know exactly what it is, but he is a, he's a progeny of Luke Skywalker and Mara Jade. Somewhere along the line, one of their children had a child and a child, blah, blah, blah. blah. And, um, he, uh, totally disavows, um, the legacy, the Skywalker legacy. He was trained as a Jedi. Eh, you know what? I'm not having it. And then he hooked up with um, a bunch of pirates and bounty hunters, and he has a little bit of Han Solo in him, I would think. It uh, is a character created by John Ostrander and Jan Dersima for the Star Wars Legacy series. And my number five is Cade Skywalker. Yes. Nice. Because he's awesome. That is a great comic book series. It is. It's, um, I, I like to, we all like to rank stuff. I would put the legacy series with pretty much anything Star Wars in comics. It, it rivals the best. I, I, I do agree. I read that maybe, I read that right when we first started doing this show. It was definitely the first year because I was still living in my old house. And I ordered, I just remember, I think maybe because you recommended it, Vince, I ordered the entire series for Dirt Chief from my comic shop. The single issues and read mm. it. And you're right. It's, it's, it's an awesome series. Please yeah, go ahead. Very, Tell us why, uh, I mean, why do you, why, why, why Kate? What's, what's cool about him? Well, um, he's, he doesn't fit the Skywalker mold. And, and like that other guy that tried to distance himself from his lineage, the, the goodness and the, 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 the heroism is is laced into his dna he can't escape it even though he wants to he 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 makes every excuse in the book not to to do the what he does he eventually does the right thing and i i think darth crate is a cool ass character too hmm. just with that that uh that's the main antagonist of of legacy if if you don't know just that that bone type mask that he has he just looks very imposing with, without resorting to the sci-fi trappings of like, say, a Vader mask or, you know, a Mandalorian thing. Um, he just looks cool. And Dersima's art, it's unbelievable in that series. Really well, as usual, but, um, she really invested. You could tell it, it, there was an energy to legacy that the other Darth, the other, um, Star Wars series around the same time, didn't quite have. I mean, they were all good, but Legacy just stood out as like really something special. Yeah, and Crate was super cool. He had that almost yeah. um, strife-looking outfit, right? Like almost, but like bones, like bone claw type. Yeah, thing. yeah. yeah. Reminds me of Finn Balor. Oh yeah. And and it's the old-fashioned. Um, it, it I mean it's it's the struggle against the the dark side. The the um I think it's like what a hundred and 
30 or some years after um, Jedi, the, the, the Empire has fallen, and there are forces trying to reinstigate uh, the Empire and, and, um, Cade is, is caught up in the, in the struggle. It's just a great series. It's kind of a no-brainer, right? Oh, the Empire's coming back. We, we have to try and, and quash this resurgence. That's, I mean, that's not a stretch, but it was done so artfully that it's just, it's, it's a really fun series to, 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 you start at the first issue. By the time, what was it, 50 issues and then a miniseries after? I mean, it's just, it's, 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 uh, it's an experience. And, and you should, I guess we should probably say to the listeners that we, we put no restrictions on ourselves. So uh, I know some hardcore Star Wars guys are all focused on the canon and I guess technically all of the expanded universe, extended universe stuff and, and much of what was done at Dark Horse technically is no longer canon. But, uh, I think we all say bupkis to that because yeah. Yeah. Good stories are good stories. That's right. You make your own continuity. Yes, sir. <laughs> DIY. Mario, why don't you go ahead and give us your number five? <laughs> uh, my number five is uh, also expanding universe character. Um, and it is a character that uh, was in a series of books that really kicked off the expanded universe. Um, I'm talking about Air to the Empire, the Air of the Empire series um, uh, by oh, Timothy Zahn. Yes. Um, which when that came out, man, that hit me at the right time. I was, it came out in like 90, 90, 91. I was 13, 14 years old. And like that was, I mean, there'd been no Star Wars, you know what I mean? For, there'd been basically nothing. And that came out and it was like amazing. Um, and we got Grand Admiral Thrawn, which is my number five. Mm. Um, great, great villain. Um, a character that I would have been perfectly happy of them adapting him into the new movies. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I knew they wouldn't because that story already been told, but, um, yeah, he's great. He's, 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 you know, he's like a combination of the, em- the emperor and Vader together. He's super, super, super evil. Um, just horrible, horrible, does horrible acts, you know, and, and, um, you know, he's the only, uh, non, what do they call him? Non, I mean, it's basically human, non-human Grand Admiral that the, the the Emperor ever, you know, promoted to that position. Wow, great. And breaking up. The main reason I love that series of books was just... Ryan? You hear me You're now? Breaking up a little bit. Yeah, you're right. good. That series of books, you know, just was so important to me. And, and I think he's the, the big reason why. You know, Mara Jade came out of it, but he was the one that really... I was really impressed by. Sweet. He's cool looking. Yeah. With that, that light blue skin and the, the black hair. And he had that the creature that, uh, what was that pet of his? He had a little pet. Oh yeah. I forget what it was. I don't remember. It was like a little, like, it was like a, uh, it was like a, oh shit. What's, uh, Jabba's little guy. It was like a, uh, salacious, salacious crown kind of, kind of guy. Yeah. Cool. Everybody remembers salacious. Of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. Mr. Price. Uh, my number five is someone who's been there from the beginning. Uh, it's R2-D2. Aww. He uh, liberated Naboo. He, uh, he carried a Death Star plans and, and, and gets things in motion to rescue the princess. Uh, even before that with the, with the prequels, he played a part. There was the, um, you know, he, he, 
was there to destroy the Death Star at the Battle of Yavin. Uh, he was there again over Endor. Um, everywhere you kind of look, R2 is pretty much always there. And, uh, it's easy to look at the main characters, the, the humans as far as, you know, moving the story along and, uh, getting the job done. But when, uh, whether, whether R2 saving 3PO from Salacious Crumb while he's getting his eyes plucked out, you know, there's just, he seems to just always be right where you need him to be. And, uh, and, and it's when I was making the list and I was uh, checking some names off and, and who wouldn't make the cut and everything. And, and it's, I, I got to R2 and it's as I'm going, thinking about everything that, uh, that we've seen him do, um, it, it it kind of fit for me, so uh, that that's that that's why it, it's just he's you know if it was just the, the three movies then fine, but you know you you remember him escorting Padme and and it's just he was always there. He he um, he was with Bale Organa after the uh, after the 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 events. It, it just it really kind of just made it for me, made it easy for me to put him as number five. Mm-hmm. R2 is a pragmatist. Yeah. Where, where C3PO is the, um, he's very emotional and, and very, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the, the, they complement each other well because one is the thinker and the other one is the feeler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's very histrionic. C3PO is. Yeah. You're right. Yes. 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 I mean, I would, I would say that R2D2 is the heart of the entire the entire uh, trilogy or even, you know, the prequels as well. He, I can't think of who else I would think of as the heart of the, of the series. Yeah. Right. Yeah, well, did, didn't Lucas intend R2 to be in what he had planned for all um, nine movies? R2 would be in. Yes, I think he was supposed to be the bridge, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. So my number five is... To me, the, the, the character who I thought was the coolest that combined both, when I take a step back and look at all six films and then some of the expanded universe stuff that I've participated in, he had the most, um, pertinent role throughout all of that, and that was Obi-Wan. Um, nice. you know, like, I don't know that if you were to sort of troll the, Uber Star Wars geek sites and stuff and look for ranks of best Jedi's ever or top, top, you know, top users of the force. I don't know that he would rank up there, but, yeah. but, but, but I mean, if you think about it, so, all right, the dude, he trained Anakin who becomes Darth Vader. He trained Luke who basically helps obviously end the empire. He killed Darth Maul, which is the first time again, get geeking out a little bit here. It's the first time that a Jedi knight had killed a, Sith, uh, in a thousand years, hand to hand, one on one. He killed General Grievous, and Grievous had killed, I think, four Jedi Masters at that point. And he pretty much killed Vader, but mistakenly left him to die instead of finishing him off, because probably he had a moment of, of weakness, and then obviously Vader survives, and, or Anakin survives and becomes Vader. Um, he kills millions of people. Yes, so, so that's, that's the big mistake, <laughs> but, but I mean, I, I just, and, and he was, you know, he was, again, he was not only throughout all the films, uh, in different roles, but, uh, even as a super old dude, 
he comes very close to taking out Vader. Um, and then even after death, man, he was, he was, you know, he, he had so much force that he was able to help guide Luke. Um, so yeah, man, I have to give Obi-Wan mad props. And, and again, he was one of the main characters in the, uh, in the Clone Wars as well. And, uh, <laughs> and super cool. So. No, knowingly sacrificed himself to Darth yes. Vader because, um, having been killed, he became even more powerful. Well, he was, he was the hand that guided Luke yes. into the, the, uh, exhaust vent. Absolutely. You know, I, I don't think Luke would have ever made no, that shot that's right. if Ben, Ben well, didn't he, come to him he, and he say, Hey, off, he turned off his instruments. He's like, yeah, tr- trust your shit. Um, so I, if, um, before we jump into a topic, I just, I've been asking on Twitter via the EOC live tweet for, uh, community members top five. So I just figure as they, as they pull in, I'll just, I'll just read them off. Uh, Mr. Cardenas. His top five is the Rancor Trainer. I'm assuming that's Tony Chief. <laughs> that's funny. Friggin' <laughs> uh, Rancor uh, Luke, <laughs> Yoda, Leia, and Obi Wan. And then uh, Ali Wonder Ali. Uh, her top five is Han, Chewbacca, Obi Wan, R2D2, and Leia. Hmm. I've got more, but we can we'll do those later. Cool. Yeah. So we are up to number four. But yeah, but we we, we can talk about other stuff. Yeah, save that. Let's jump into something else. Alright, cool. Let's so uh what would you Well, maybe we should talk about the, the, the current incarnation of the comics. Actually okay. No. Yeah, no, no, we can. Okay, go ahead. No, no I I was we'll 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 save it for between four and three, but go okay. So uh we have the well, is everybody current? Is everybody up to date on the Star Wars, new Star Wars produced by Marvel? I sure. am up to date on Star Wars itself and Vader. Um, Same here. Not up to date on Leia. Yeah, no, I didn't. Same here. I finished the Leia stuff. I didn't finish the Lando stuff, and I haven't really started the Chewbacca. Um, so, yeah, so the two main, Star Wars and Darth Vader, they're pretty much running concurrently, and right now they're crossing over with a Vader down event uh, right. where Darth Vader and Luke Bananas. crash land. And it is, <laughs> it's, it's fantastic, man. I, I didn't think I just, it, it doesn't even really feel like they're forcing anything as far. They're not, it, it's not like it's, Oh, I got to read these all. It, it's just, it, they work really well together because if, if these two series are running uh timeline wise at the same time, then it is, I mean, we met, everybody kind of saw each other early on in the star Wars series, which I'm happy to forget because I wasn't a fan of the art. So when, when we're up to the current stuff, you know, it, they would with Vader's sole mission in seeking out this boy who destroyed the death star, uh, finally finding out what his name is. Um, it was only a matter of time before they would meet. And unfortunately they, they both meet, on a planet that they crash down to. And it, it, it looks fantastic. It reads really well. They, Jason Aaron and, and Gillen, they have a, a good grasp on everybody's voices as far as who the characters are, I think. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think the, the Star Wars series written by Jason Aaron as you alluded, I, I have to be honest, I, I tried the first issue and I just wasn't feeling it and when it first came out and was very disappointed in that. Um, and I think it was due for two reasons. One, 
Uh, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm just not a fan of John Cassidy's art. It's plain and simple. Um, one of my least favorite working artists, to be, honest, to be frank. Um, and number two, I was a little, not miffed, but look, we're all huge Marvel fans, so this is going to sound kind of weird, but I was a little bummed at the way that Dark Horse got, 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 did the dirty with this. And look, it's business. I, I, no, nobody was expecting Marvel not to take over these comics when, uh, when they bought, when Disney bought, bought Lucas, but, but, um, I, I personally felt that not only had Dark Horse done great comics for a long time, but, but the stuff that was, being put out at the time, including Brian Wood's Star Wars book and Gabriel and uh, Karina's uh, legacy book. Um, you know, I thought that they were very, very good books. And so I was not as enthralled with the idea of Marvel jumping right in as though these books were in need of some major revamp. Right. So I, I let them pile up. Uh, but in, as I got more excited for this film that's coming and then our knowing that we're going to do the show, course we jumped back in and, and I have to say um, there's a you know a lot to be said for where your mind is at when you read a comic because it reading rereading one and then going through the entire run over the last couple of weeks I've loved it and uh, and again maybe it's because I'm so excited about Star Wars in general right now that I looked at it in a different light but um, I think it's great I I I I, I, I don't like the Cassidy art all that much, but, but, but Jason Aaron's writing is fantastic. It's, it's very much in a voice that I think is, is, is evocative of, of the same characters that we fell in love with in the first films. And, you know, and then we, we, after the Cassidy art, we get Stuart Immonen art. And it's like, it's as if the, the heavens open up yes. and, 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 and greatness descends upon us. It was and our reward. Oh, and, and it's just, it's just phenomenal. Uh, it's just phenomenal. And, and, uh, so I, I found that book super entertaining and, and it's, it's so neat to see, um, again, I mean, we have to presume this is for whatever it's worth canon, right? I mean, this is all going to fit into, I'm assuming it's going to at least fit into, you know, it, to, to whatever it comes after, or at least that's the idea. Well, it's, it's, it's between, it's, it's between episodes four and five. So we know where they're all heading towards. Um, yeah. And then I don't know once I, I don't know how many issues they're planning on running before they get to Empire Strikes Back. And then I don't know if they're just going to uh, continue to bridge five and six or I, I, I have no idea. I mean, they, they can go because of the rate that the story is taking. They can go quite a while before we get to um, them ending up on Hoth. So we'll, um, or it could be right after Raider Down, who the hell knows. But it, it's it's quite, it, it, this is one of those instances where we know where everybody's going to end up, but I'm having a hell of a time on the journey. Yeah, and we see a Luke that is not at all in control of his powers. Yep. We see Boba Fett whooping all kinds of ass. Um, definitely get the, the, the classic Han Leia back and forth, sowing the seeds of their, their love. Um, we meet Han's quote unquote wife. Oh, that was, if there was a weak, <laughs> if there was a weak part to, to the whole thing, it was, it was that little, haha, we got you. And then, no, not really. It's just, yeah. it, it was, it was incredibly obvious and it was, it was in, it could have been a neat little end 
of an issue where, oh God, you're never going to believe what happens next month. But it, it, they dragged out the, the obvious conclusion for a while, but it, it, yeah, I mean, it was, it, it, we don't know at this point in the story, we do not know a lot about Han Solo other than that he owes Java some money. So getting, getting some backstory on Han is, is a nice plus. For sure. Um, my favorite part of the, of, of this, this run so far are the, the two evil droids. Oh, yes. absolutely. Triple zero and, uh, what's the other one's name? I forget the other one's name. Uh, uh, is it like, um, something? Oh, crap. Yeah, go ahead. Boy got blown up though, didn't he? The other one? He, he got, he? he got his shit pushed in. I don't know if he got completely destroyed. <laughs> Yeah, and so well, so what we're talking about is they're they're basically it's a it's an evil C three PO and R two. Yeah, it, you've got an R two type droid, and I, I can't think of his name offhand. I don't know why, but and he's basically been made into rather than having lots of R two is basically a Swiss Army knife, right? And so this thing is a Swiss Army knife of destruction. It's uh, it's it's almost out of a Looney Tunes cartoon. He can he can pull out a, just a ridiculous number of weapons, missiles, fire, you know. Missiles, grenades, guns, lasers, cutting devices. It just, he can, all tucked into his body. It's just a ton of different, uh, means of destruction and killing. And then the C3PO droid, that triple zero, BT. he is a, pr- what's that? It, it is, um, it's, BT is, is the short one. Uh, okay. or it's shortened for B- BT1 or BT. Okay, cool. And then the triple zero is the protocol droid who looks like 3PO only is like dark gunmetal gray. And, he has been reprogrammed such that he, instead of being programmed for protocol, he's programmed for torture. And he takes great, great joy in torturing people and interrogating them for information. And he's, yeah. he's phenomenal at it. And they literally are like the, the evil inverts of, of, of R2 and C3PO. They're, they're, they're in the background in, in, in most of the books and, and, uh, and they're, they're just malicious. They take, they just take pleasure in destruction and mayhem. And, uh, it's just hilarious. I think it's a brilliant little little decision that Aaron made to to create these guys, and uh, they're just they're the comic relief of the book. But but uh, I thought I think they're hella entertaining. Agreed. And Marvel played it up to the hilt uh, in the wake of the Dark Horse acquisition, I guess you can call it. Where if do you remember, it's like oh, Star Wars is home again. Yeah, yeah. And again. When you, when you think back, the original series was a fluke. They had no idea what they had their hands on. And then when they couldn't keep up with the demand, they made an unprecedented move where the first six issues of the, the, the Star Wars comic were reprinted in two treasury editions. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And th- you, that was crazy. It was, like I said, unprecedented. No one ever saw that. It was like, wow. It was akin to Howard the Duck where they published something and they had no idea how it would, was going to catch on. But uh, it was much more than that. I mean, for them to go back to press with not one but two treasury editions, which I could guess back in the day were not that cheap to produce. Yeah, they were a buck, but then comics were 30 cents. And from, you know? my, and, from my understanding, too, that series helped save Marvel from a you know, financial troubles right. at the time. Right. Right. Mario, what about you? What do you think of the, of the new Aaron star Wars? I'm enjoying it. Um, I didn't, I mean, like, like you guys kind of said, I didn't, I didn't really care for it really that much at first. 
Um, I don't know, a combination of the Cassidy art and I felt like Aaron was just doing like, let's throw in an ad at, let's throw in this, let's <laughs> throw in this. Yeah, me too. Let's, yeah. let's, let's hit all the high points really right off the bat, you know what I mean? And like, I don't know, like, it felt wrong to me seeing them in an ad at when what we know as, you know, hasn't happened yet the first time we see an ad at. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I know they're around. You know, they're going to run into them at some point. It just, it just felt, it just felt off. It, it felt to me like that storage facility um, from the first couple issues had every cliche Star Wars vehicle. <laughs> right. You know, like, this is where they made the adats <laughs> and and the speeder bikes. Yes. And you know, it's just like what. You know, let's 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 put the probe droid in there too while we're right. We got know? an extra Death Star in the back. You know. Yeah. <laughs> But no, they, well, I thought they were fun. And I, I think that may actually be more Cassidy's to blame, and of course that's because I'm 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 one to blame everything on Cassidy, not Jason Aaron, <laughs> right. the greatest writer in comics. Um, I but but I will say one of the reasons Cassidy got the job, aside from having illicit photos of Casada somewhere, um, is that I remember uh, I don't know that did Jason talk about Star Wars when he was on our show. No, he didn't. So it must have been maybe it was Suntress or something. I remember him talking about that um, when they got this gig, but it was still secret. Uh, Cassidy and Bendis and, and and Aaron and some, I assume Kieran and some of the other guys got to go to Lucas to to Skywalker Ranch and see everything. And he, and Jason said the coolest thing was they got to go into the vaults and see all of the the extras. All of the props and the costumes and everything, and he said it's just stored almost like a like a forensic police thing. They're stored in in boxes and crates, just labeled in a big warehouse, you know, just in storage. And they just basically let them walk around and open up crates and look in stuff and everything. And as it turns out, I think Cassidy is an insanely big Star Wars fan, like off the charts, and has been pleading to draw Star Wars for. Well past the decade, basically telling everyone anytime it came up, if if Marvel ever got their rights back, he wanted a shot. So I guess that's why he got it. And that's why I say it, it, it stands to reason he probably was fanboying out by having a chance in his mind to draw anything he could think of that that was evocative of what he loved. So I'm going to put it on him for all those tropes. In. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Yeah. Did you guys read the Shattered Empire series? Yes. What did you think of that, Jason? Um... It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's gorgeous. It's absolutely Yeah, no, it looks good. It looks good for sure. Um, uh, I don't have, I, I I don't, I I didn't get too attached to it one way or the other though. I, I I didn't, I, I I liked Star Wars and Vader, or I should say I am liking Star Wars and Vader far more. Yeah. You agree? Yeah, it felt kind of like a, I mean, like they built it as this, you know, the road to the Force Awakens, but it (laughs) really, there was nothing. I don't, I don't know what road they were taking because you know I, I didn't <laughs> see the road less traveled. Yeah, I mean because it was the just tree. Maybe the maybe the bush at the end that she plants. Yeah, that comes. Oh back. yeah, the last the last trees from the Jedi Temple. <laughs> you could tell it was a um, cash grab. Well, you could, I was going to say you could tell it was you could tell it was a ruck of books since the, since since the strong females were front and center, which is absolutely fine. I I. I liked the the husband and wife. I, I like the characters, but not enough where I thought that I needed to see her in every 
issue of, of the, it, it was, it's, it's minutes after the second Death Star is destroyed and it, yeah, I, it, I thought it was going to be something like bridging episode six and seven and, and it really wasn't. So, um, right. I thought it looked great. The story's fine, but no, it, it didn't, it, it didn't feel like a, a, with the exception of, of Luke showing up so that she could pilot the shuttle and, and the same thing with Leia and, and the Leia. And so Leia and the, uh, the queen and the, 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 the Alliance pilot are all going to save the day. And it's, it, it, it was, it was a neat story, but it, it kind of took away some of the fun I was having with Vader and Star Wars. Also, um, in between, we should say in between Cassidy and, uh, and Eminem, uh, there, there was, was a one, one shot. Issue, yeah. Yeah. With Simone Bianchi. Um, and it was, a it oh, was actually, yeah. it was, so Luke is, Luke, Luke goes back to Tatooine and finds, uh, Ben's journal, which Ben intended for him as a, as a, a guide. And that's when he has to run him with Boba Fett. And so issue seven is essentially Luke reading a portion of the journal, which is Obi-Wan's journey from when we leave him in the prequels and the Jedi are basically being ev- ev- eviscerated by the em- Empire, specifically under Vader's push to essentially cleanse the world of Jedi. So he, he bounces and it's the, it's his, it's his time on Tatooine that, that fill in the blanks and basically if his life is a nomad and quietly keeping Luke and his, uh, and his adopted family safe from the local tyrants and tax collectors and the like. And, uh, I have to say, um, you know, Simone had this couple year period where he was the hotness and he ended up getting an X, X-Men. And I, I, what, what are you laughing about? No, no, go ahead. Why are you laughing? No, no. I thought you were going to bring up evolution, but go ahead. Oh, no, no. That's best left unsaid. Thank you. Um, uh, but, but he, he was always super dark. I thought like super talented guy, very, you know, paint, paints his stuff, but super, super dark. So I would have never guessed this was Simone and like if I didn't see the credits. Um, I, I thought he hasn't looked better in years. So I give him a lot of credit for that issue. I liked it. It was a good issue. Isn't it weird? I'm thinking about uh, Rucka, how a writer gets a reputation, a male writer gets a reputation for writing strong female characters. Mm-hmm. When, Whenever someone references, like, say, Frank Miller, they don't say, oh, that's that guy that writes strong male characters. <laughs> like, it, 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 it's it, it's such an anomaly right. in, I in the, I, boys, I, the boys' club I, that's comics. I, I, it's... It's what Ruck has been doing, whether it's, it's question or Batman or it's yeah. just, I mean, that's, and I don't want to say that that's his thing because he can write males too. He, he does a great job writing men, but yeah, it, if usually if the female is front and center and kicking ass, most times, I was going to say nine times out of 10, but it, most times I would look at the credits and, and, and see that yeah. Rucker wrote it. Yeah. And it's not a I mean, bad it, label. I, I hate just no. labeling him that way, but it's, it, it it was a rucker written story that just happened to star some women other than Leia that were kicking ass. Yeah, I think it speaks to the the core audience, which we all know is male. Mm-hmm. Yeah, women read comics, but the the overwhelming majority of of people that read these things are male. I look forward to his Captain Phasma series. Yes, uh, uh, I love that character. I don't even I don't even know. <laughs> Male, female, doesn't matter. Uh, it's a female, right? Yes. Yeah. 
I believe so, yes. Um, Well, you know know who plays her, right, Jason? Because Mario does. No. Brienne of Tarth. Oh, I don't think I like that so much, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) But the the costume is so freaking cool. It is. It is very cool. And, and, um, we, do we know where that, uh, the origins of that costume? You do. I do, but I'm asking if you guys do. Why don't you just tell us? Are you going to spoil something? No, J.J. Abrams really likes Don Cassarelli's Phantasm. Right. Okay. I did see that. He's restoring it. Yeah. He is, uh, which is awesome, but that movie is very near and dear to my heart. So one, the coolness of the, of the character too, the fact that it was somewhat inspired by one of my favorite movies that, that makes that character, but I mean, it's up there with, it's getting up there with my number one. Let's just say that mm-hmm. just, just in terms of presence, the coolness factor of the visual appeal of this character. I like Captain Phasma mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. Original, originally a male. Originally supposed to be a male character, and but I believe I read that. Um, I forget what the actress's name is. Yes, she impressed them so much that they made the character a female character. That's all. Nice. And people were going ape shit trying to figure out why, why, why Hasbro, why, why or Kenner or Lego, why, why are they? It's it's armor and and where are her boobs right right it's right. like dudes it's like it's armor why is it it's just people just blow the wrong shit out of proportion but yeah it's i i think it's i i love the fact again you know it's just it's one of those things where you see the marketing you see whatever they're merchandising and and here's captain phasm pretty much front and center um and female it it's it's fantastic yeah design wise i think the phasma armor is a million times more appealing than than uh what is it kylo ren really i i yeah i i think the the ren costume's cool but it's nowhere near captain phasma yeah i i, I guess i, I kind of like them both but but i get what you're saying um, it's shiny. i like yeah i like, I like the fact <laughs> that it's, a, it's a new take on the stormtrooper yes it, it's a it's a good take on the stormtrooper legacy yeah. let's just put it that way sure yeah so, you know, now we, we, we've talked a bit in some praises in the Star Wars book, but to my mind, the, the, the Darth Vader book's the best of the bunch. I agree. I, I think Kieran Gillen is crushing it on that. And, and look, I, I have, we have made fun of Salvador Oroca's art on the show quite a bit, but I will say that whereas I, I genuinely dislike Cassidy's art, um, I, I wish LaRocca drew the way he drew back, like when I first discovered him. He makes that. Yeah, yes. yeah, and he, I, we've lamented that he doesn't anymore. He uses a lot of, of photograph, but but that said, I find his art infinitely more tolerable than Cassidy's. Well, it's 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 not my favorite by any stretch, but I don't I don't find it offensive. I think on a Star Wars book, it's it's more fitting if he's going to use photographs. Sure, that's a good it's point. Just, it's all right. Neat topic. A little bit of a switch up here. Name, and you can only pick one. Okay, name your favorite. Star Wars art. Wow, oh. I had a list. I had a list waiting. Oh my god, you did. I did. I did. I had. I, I had four written down as of right as of tonight because I was since I was reading the Marvel stuff. But um, my my list. I'll just I'll throw my list out there with my the last one is my is my top. Um, okay, Carlos Deanda, mm, Walt nice. Simonson, respect Russ Manning. Ooh. And the top of the list for me is Al Williamson. Yep. 
Jason, who's yours? Oh man. Um, I mean, I'm going to sound like I'm just biting now, but I'd say Al Williamson as well. I didn't make a list, so it, I mean, that's just the one that comes top of mind. Mario. Yeah, without without being able to like really like research it and think about what I've read, I'd probably have to say Al Williamson. Damn. <laughs> Is, I'm gonna seem like gonna a, I'm gonna be, seem like I'm, I'm biting off all you guys. I have no, to say, dude, well, when you're considering how many artists have done Star Wars, the fact that we're unanimous is a hell of a tribute. Yeah. Yep. Who's getting that uh, artist edition? If dude, we were we were kind of talking about it a little bit last week. If it wasn't just it, it's Empire, which is a great right. story, but it's I, I can't I can't justify it. So it's it's I know DCBS has it for. I think on a buck and a quarter, but, yeah. um, it, it, it would be something to behold, but I, I, I'd love it, but it's not something I can swing. I cut the Williamson Star Wars comic out of the daily newspaper for as long as he did it. And I pasted it. That's awesome. In, in a, this, this homemade, you know, I think it was newsprint. And, uh, you know, after the dust settled, I, I stashed it away and I went back. This is like decades later when I was moving, um, and all of it was brown, and like the tape and the glue was all disgusting and 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 weathered, and it's like, but I still kept it. You can't hardly even see some of the images on the paper, but I still have it. And and this will go to the um to something else that we'll talk about. But um, if it was Return of the Jedi, that might swing it more. In its favor, because I remember buying the Forrester miniseries when it was coming out. Um, then there are other factors, but, uh, yeah, I, it, and is it, is it the complete adaptation or is it just pages from Empire Strikes Back? I don't know. Okay. It should be the whole, <laughs> it should be the adaptation. And that's the other thing, which when, when I was rereading the Return of the Jedi adaptation, it's, it looks great, but it's not because they had four issues to do and then 28 pages to, to do it. And there's a lot that you are filling in between panels and, and the panels are, are consecutive seconds and, and moments in time. But because you, you saw the movie, you're filling things in and, and it's just, you know, they're, they're about to get thrown into the Sarlacc pit and all of a sudden Lando's being pulled in by the monster and 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 he's telling Han to aim higher because Han's still blind. But you you know all the scenes because you've seen the movie. But in the adaptation, it's it's choppy as hell and they leave a right. lot out. So it, it it's again that's that's something else that allows me to say no to to the artist edition. Mm-hmm. So relative to the Vader setup for this, it takes place again right after the films, the originals, and he's in the doghouse. He done yeah. fucked up because basically the Death Star's destroyed, and it took him what twenty years to build it. Yeah, uh, Darth Sidious is fucking pissed. He's lost confidence in Darth. He's essentially demoted him. He puts a, 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 an admiral in charge of the of the uh, of the of the Empire, um, and, and the guy's basically a, on top of it all. He's a, he's, a, he's basically a, 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 an accountant, a pencil pusher. He's all about statistics. So really, really demoting, uh, demoralizing Darth. Um, and Darth has got, uh, he's got to step up his game. So he's, he's trying to, he's, he's trying to track down Luke 
Although at the beginning of the book, he doesn't, he doesn't know who Luke is, he's, but he's, he's, he's trying to track down this youngster that was able to take out the Death Star and, and all this sort of thing. Um, and then he's also trying to make moves in the background because he finds out that the Emperor is plotting something on another planet that he's specifically keeping from Darth, and Darth doesn't like that. Homie, don't play that. So he's kind of got dual purposes. And I think, uh, and I know we were, we were giving praise to, um, to the, to the two evil droids. We actually, those are Kieran's creations, I think, not, not Jason's. So we should oh, credit yeah. Kieran yeah. for those. Um, but Kieran also introduces us to Dr. Afra, mm. who is a very interesting character, right? I mean, she's essentially a, um, an archaeologist of sorts, right? I mean, but she finds old weapons and, enables them, right? I mean, it's kind of what she does. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, she meets up with Darth and he, she basically pledges her allegiance to him. And, uh, it's, it's either that or die. Yeah. But it's like her, but she has this confidence about it. Like she's not afraid of dying. I mean, she's sort of like, listen, I've been waiting for you my whole life. I realize you're going to kill me the second I'm no longer useful to you. But in the meantime, I'm going to be really useful to you. And, uh, she is quite resourceful. And it seems like every issue or two, she's very close to getting her ass killed. <laughs> and she pulls some other rabbit out of her hat, and, and he keeps her around. And um, it's interesting seeing Vader in a in a point of weakness, in that he's not on top of his game. But yet we also see him in this book be more powerful than maybe we, in terms of display of power than we had ever seen him before. I mean, dude can do a lot of things that we don't really get to see in the movies. Yeah. Um so I, I, yeah, I think it's, it's just very, very intriguing, this, this journey he's going on. And, um, and also I think the thing I like that Kieran's doing here is that in the movies, we don't get a lot of the whole rule of two, you know, we don't, we don't really get a lot of the whole idea that, that yeah, I mean, in the prequels, they say that there's one Sith, there's one Sith Lord and one apprentice, but we don't get much of a dynamic between them in terms of, but yet throughout the extended universe, it's there's always the dynamic of the the apprentices essentially waiting for their moment to kill the 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 master to take over as the master and we we get that here right i mean darth darth's very clear that he he's he wants to be the the master and and sidious knows it and and he's he's training a group of 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 non-sith to basically challenge darth for the spot as his right-hand man and so there's this fascinating homage to this extended universe, which technically doesn't exist anymore. And I love that Kieran did that, right? Because he didn't have to, it, it, but I feel like he's purposely paying homage to, to the, the many, many, many Sith related stories that we got through Dark Horse. So I, 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 I think the series is just incredible. Yeah. I, it, it's, it's been consistent. I mean, be, between, Gillen and LaRocca, they've, they've just been, they've been doing fantastic work together, telling a, a story that's very easy to follow, very linear, whereas, and, and not to harp on it, but you, you had Cassidy start off, then you had the, um, I'm not gonna call it a fill-in issue, but you had the, the one-off, and then you had, and, and now it feels like, you know, Star Wars is really gonna get going now that Stewart and Wade are on art, uh, but, for me, in my mind, those those first six issues, 
didn't really do it any favors. So I, I would have to give the nod to Vader just on consistency for the first 13 issues alone. Neat. Are you, have you not read Darth Vader, Vince? I'm not caught up, no. Mm. It's good, I, man. I, yeah, soon. I will be. Here, here's another question. What's your favorite Star Wars oops moment? Because there have been that? a lot. Well, you, <laughs> you had the, uh, the droid, droids comic was not exactly a, a shining moment. Uh, like David said, the early action figures were like, mm, oh well. My favorite Star Wars oops moment is Splinter of the Mind's Eye. Mm, yeah. <laughs> what, what was Alan Dean Foster thinking? And more importantly, why did Lucas allow it to be written? I mean, Jason, do you know about that book? I do, but I, I but I didn't read it, so I don't have any to it other than. All right, it came out not long after the the Star Wars yeah. novelization, and in it, they Alan Dean Foster. I mean, they kill Vader. <laughs> Vader dies, and I, they made this. He, there was this huge, very ceremonial scene where they put him on a charnel heap and they burn him, and it's just. Wait a minute. Did did no one know that Empire Strikes Back was being made or or, or planning to be made? And this novel comes out where the main antagonist is killed, and that that to me just like it's another illustration of nobody knew the impact that 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 first movie was going to have, including the people that made it and and sold it. Right? Um, my uh, another big Star Wars oops moment, and you probably will all agree with this, was the special. Remember the Star Wars special? Well, Harvey Corman and B. Arthur was in it. It's like, what the hell is this? I mean, that's I mean, legendarily was, bad. I mean, yeah, it was even hard as a fan to 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 you know back that. Like people the next day in school were like, "You like that shit?" <laughs> Uh, do you guys have any? The, your favorite Star Wars oops moment? Hmm. The only one I can, that, that jumps to mind immediately is, um, planning out and, and even producing material where it says Revenge of the Jedi and then they change it to Return because yeah. Jedi's, of course, not exact revenge, but, um, yeah, no, there isn't anything that really well, how about the Ewoks? Uh, the Ewoks see, now that's... Uh, okay, yeah, no, that... Uh, the Ewoks themselves kind of ruined the movie for me. Well, I was going to say I hate those fucking Ewok movies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, they are awful. They are really bad. They are pretty yeah. bad. But, you know, you got to tip the, the, the Stormtrooper helmet a little bit for the Ewoks because without the Ewoks, we would never have the Horrors of War sequence. Pretty much my favorite scene in all of the Star Wars movies when, you know, the Battle of Endor is going on and you see this one Ewok cradling the body of his fallen <laughs> brother. No, the horror is a war. Yeah, they couldn't have done that with Wookiees. No, they, well, yeah, they could have, but it wouldn't have the, the, the comedic the, charm, the emotional connection to seeing these two teddy bears, you know, one's dead. <laughs> oh no, my one cheese are burning. I mean, what about, would you say something like Han shooting first? Is, would that count? That, that is, that is a huge yeah. The retcon, the retcon yeah. is, is, yeah, is yeah. a horrible thing. Yeah. And I don't, and, and Lucas is trying to justify with the whole, oh, but in the spirit, no, fuck you. It, he's a fucking smuggler. He's, he does, he, he does shit be before killed, it can be done to him. That, right. that just, yeah. there's no reason. You gotta get before you get got. That's just, and, and, it, it cements the character. It tells you who you're fucking with. And, and you yes. can't, it, now it's just now it's self defense. No, no, that uh, who would shoot Greedo first? Look at him. 
He needs to be shot. Like, kill him. He's 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 sleazy. I mean, I, I know I was um, the, of the four of us the most in, in defense of the of the prequels come up. earlier, but uh, but but I mean, the the overt racism of some of the characters is like, oh yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean the the I mean, Jar Jar is, <laughs> is it, you know, I mean, is it is it time? <laughs> Oh, Andy. Oh, Andy. <laughs> my back, Andy. I'm very, very I mean, interested. seriously, I mean, you've got, you've got a, just a blatantly racist, you know, implied, you know, Jewish vendor. And then you've got this blatantly racist Caribbean, you know, almost like step and fetch it character in, and then, in and then Jar Jar. The, the like, Japanese. Yeah. Oh, oh, the, uh, the, the, right. The, um, the, uh, the trade federation. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, it, right. It's just. I mean, for as much as I like to defend Lucas's vision, I mean, Homeboy was clearly a racist. I mean, I, <laughs> well, I mean, dude, I mean, I, I mean, have you rewatched? I mean, since you all hate those so much, I don't know how often you rewatch them, but I've, I just rewatched the prequels again because, again, I have the kids and all, and it, I mean, they're just, I mean, they slap you across the face with it. I mean, they're basically, I mean, I don't want to go as far as to say it's like blackface, but it's 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 pretty it's bad. bad. I mean, yeah. Like, and you think, in light of all of the different sounds we've heard coming from creatures in the Star Wars films, they couldn't have come up with a better, you know, approach to these characters. Like, obviously, you oh, know, Annie. yeah, and I'm I'm erect, Annie. Uh, but I, I again with the prequels, I think another oops moment, and and yes, it was written into the story. Okay, it, it just tarnished my. Uh, approach to to Kenobi is like, why did he kick that whiny little bastard into the lava? Just end him. There was no redemption for him at that. Because he loved him, Samwise. It's just ah, it's, it was, he loved him, and he. I think it's also because he he felt. I mean, his death obligation to Qui Gon was that he would train Annie. It's selfish, is what it was. It, it was. It was a moment of. It was a mistake, right? I mean, he he freely acknowledges it was a mistake. I mean, yeah. but. But uh, good, good, good little side topic there, Vince. Yeah, you're welcome. I mean, my um, my brother. Oh, the midichlorians could also be an oops. The uh, <laughs> the not not could be. They fucking are. And the the chariot race oh. too. Yeah, oh. yeah. And this freaking scene. That's why it's, I I told my I begged my when I found out that my brother was was um torturing my nieces by showing in the first three movies for the first time. I I, I begged him not to not to use the first one. Um, and then I wanted to get him into the machete order, but he, he, um, he, he started too late. So he had already started watching. They had tons of questions about Charger. They already wanted to know why the hell C- they, they hadn't watched any, but just based on images and everything, they were already wanting to know why, why C3PO was silver, not gold. And, uh, they, they had a few questions and he was, he was a little concerned how they were going to react to, um, to, to Anakin getting his limbs fucking chopped off and burnt to a crisp, but uh, apparently they took that like a champ. But uh, <laughs> it's you know he um it, it's after I got on him hard about the whole uh it, it, the the only bright spot because I my whole thing is is the reveal is is that it is a big deal if if you watch them linear if you watch them chronologically from one to six. Then you okay, you're watching the story, but that takes away the impact from Empire and and the uh 
it, it does, but the only saving grace about watching them from one to six is that you're ending on a high note because after number three, it only gets better. And, and right. that's, that's the only way I can co-sign that whole thing. And was anyone surprised that, uh, Palpatine was Darth Sidious? Like, did that, did anybody go, oh, you're shitting me? Really? But, um, in, in, I have rewatched the, 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 uh, prequels once or twice. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just try and give them another chance. Like, maybe I missed something no. along yep, the way. I'm... But, no, the thing I, I want to say was, particularly the first movie, you can, almost see that Lucas is playing to the video game generation because the first movie plays like a, it, it, it unravels like a video game. Like there, there are very distinct levels in the first movie. Oh, we're going to go underwater here and then we're going to go, uh, in the, in the jungle and then we're going to have this huge battle. It's like, it just seems like there's a boss level (laughs) every, every 15 minutes in the first movie. It's, it's just, I, I I don't I don't want to harp on it, but I, I just I I have no idea what he was. Thinking. I I do try to to I I don't I don't think I own the early episodes the the um but I do I, I think Spike they'll be on sometimes every so often and and if nothing else is on I'll usually have it on in in the background but and every so often when my eyes catch the screen it it always seems to be when when Obi-Wan is, is looking somewhere else when he's talking to his, his, his friend, the, 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 the short order cook at, at the diner. <laughs> and it's like, dude, you can't even, like, they couldn't put somebody in front of you because this is where you're supposed to be looking if you're looking in his eye. He's just, I, I, it, there are just, the effects are neat and all, but it, it's how exciting are fucking Senate hearings? They, they are, I, I'll give, I'll, they are pretty movies. They are. I uh, love the whole but, city, and and it's very Fifth Elementy when you know the ships are flying yeah. through buildings. But and that 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 chrome ship that the the uh, lookalike gets blowed up in. I mean that scene's cool. And uh, all right, another plus. I think um, Darth Maul, gorgeous character, that, it, Be- beautifully designed character. And yep. I felt that. And and thankfully, you know, the Clone Wars kind of. Maybe fix that mistake, but that, that's one of those things where it's, it, well, it's just like episode, it's just like the fourth movie, it's just like the first Star Wars movie where we're introduced to Obi-Wan and he doesn't make it out the whole movie. Here's Darth Maul and he's, he's done by the end of the first movie. That, yeah. that, that bugged me. Me too. And, and I'll give it up for, uh, Grievous, another really neat design. Grievous was very cool. Yeah. Yeah. For, for sure. With with the the Achilles heel with the coughing and the wheezing that that was neat definitely and the fact that he had four four lightsabers yeah, yeah. no it was very yeah. cool um I have a couple uh comic celebrity top five lists if you'd like no kidding yes Scotty no I did, I no Scotty's not chimed in but uh a, 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 a someone who is actually uh, has written and drawn Star Wars comics Mr Gabriel Hardman oh, wow his top five list. <laughs> This is so Gabriel. He says, I have conservative Star Wars tastes. <laughs> so Stunned. Stunned. His top five. I don't know if this is in any particular order because he doesn't number them. Admiral Akbar, Chewbacca, Lando, Han Solo, Yoda. Respect. The like other creator uh, who has chimed in is none other than Mr. Rob Liefeld. <laughs> 
and his top five showing, rubbing in the fact that he's already gotten to see the movie. His top five, uh, Luke Skywalker, Boba Fett, Darth Maul, Kylo Ren, and Rey. Whoa. Because wow. he's seen it. Because yeah. he's seen it. It's fresh. And what better segue than to start off with David giving us his number four favorite Star Wars character? Well, we kind of already uh, discussed them at a glance. Actually, he was your number five, Jason. Uh, my number four is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, it's, and as like Vince alluded to, my, my, my single note is it's kind of his fault. If, if he, if he just, you're right. If he, you know, he, he and Qui-Gon were there and he took care of Darth Maul fine, but he had Anakin as his Padawan. Uh, he didn't do a piss poor job. It's just that he had a really shitty pupil. Right. No, he did his best. Right. And, and yeah. then, and, and then and by, by that token, not, Yoda, not to interrupt, sorry, but by that token, Yoda was the one on, on point, right? Cause, Yoda's initial reaction was, "Yep, he might be the chosen one, but we don't we don't want to train him." Right. right. Yeah. Um, and it's it's just if he had finished it at the end of episode three, then we wouldn't have what we what the three the four of us all end up loving with the the the, the second three movies, and it's uh it it's just as somebody and at first I wasn't. I, I was kind of maybe going to take a hardcore approach to the list and and kind of Shocker. ignore. Well, I'm I'm already going with the the, the purest approach, but I was kind of maybe if it, it, it is my is my dislike of the prequels enough to just whatever's on my list are they going to since since we're going about everything, whether it's novels or books or movies, it, it, am I going to really? And, and pros and cons, good and bad from all six movies. And, and so I'm, I'm including his work, uh, in the prequels because there, he didn't give us a lot to go with in episode four. So it, it would have been hard for him to be on my list had I only had, uh, the 45, 50 minutes to work on him with. So, um, based on everything that he did, uh, he is, um, and it, it's still, I mean, from when I, when I saw, Episode four and, and, and his, uh, you know, with Luke asking Owen and Baru, you think that's, you know, she's asking for Obi-Wan Kenobi. You think that's that, that, that old Ben Kenobi? And, and then we, we see him and he scares off the Tusken Raider and, and, right. uh, he's like, I don't remember having a droid and, and, and then li- just fucking straight up lying to Luke because no, your father and everything. And that, that was something else in the, um, that when, <laughs> when, when I'm reading the, uh, the, the return, Adaptation, when after Luke is um, leaves Yoda to to die, he um, he goes outside and there's there's a vision of Ben, and he's all like, "Well, no, everything the Jedi's do is from a certain point of view." Yes, your father died because after Anakin died, Darth Vader took his place. So that's the truth from a certain point. You know, it's like it's like yeah. I just basically told you what I needed to get you going. It's everything is fucking need to know in the star Wars universe. And it's, it, it's if, you know, I, I, it, Ben really played a, uh, a massive part in, in the whole thing. And, and like we were talking about with, you know, talking Luke through the tunnel and, and or through the, um, 
the, the exhaust vent, and this was a trench. And and then even even later on, and then showing up uh, at the end next to little ghostly Yoda. You know, it's just he was he was he was there, and and he is definitely uh, needs a home on my list. Yep. Hey Luke, uh, here's your daddy's lightsaber. That smell? That's that's the charred remains of about you know dozens of little tiny kids. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hope you love it. Well, uh, yeah. No. <laughs> but uh, like, why front on that? Like that? Like that's what? Like I think that's that's like that's low down. That's what a Sith does. I mean, he he took out yeah. the competition in a fit of rage. Like, yeah. If if he wanted to paint a picture of Anakin turning to the dark side, I don't think there was a better way than having him slaughter children. I feel right. If the kids had puppies, it would have been a little bit more impactful. But you know, kids. Well, okay, I'll give you that. The CGI. They were all humans. It's true. What's uh, what's Mario's number four? My number four is uh, the droids. I just, I, just com- I just combine them together. It's a package yeah. deal. Um, oh, my top six. <laughs> no. That's all right. I mean, you don't have R2 yes. with the entirety of the Death Star. You don't have R2 without C3, C3PO and vice versa. You know, they're always that together. So you had, in fact, did exactly have that. <laughs> no. I, I agree with, with Mario. It's like Laurel and Hardy. Yes, no. Italians unite. Yes. Good looking um, Italians unite. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, as, as David said about R2, uh, all the points he made, you know, and I, I had said that, you know, R2 is the heart. And, um, C3PO is his, uh, you know, overly dramatic queen, you know, that, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and like, I mean, I mean, C3PO, I mean, we already talked about R2, let's talk, C3PO, I remember as a kid watching those movies, C3, I hated C3PO. He really got <laughs> on my nerves as a kid. And I think it's because he was, he was so, you know, so foolish, right? Um, but as, you know, as I got older, I really started to appreciate you, or C-3PO. And, I mean, I, to the point that I think my favorite line in the original Star Wars movie is, listen to them, R2, they're dying. We didn't say, I wasn't fast enough. We didn't save them. Curse my metal bot. Like that, that, that's when he freaks out right there. It is the funniest thing in the whole movie as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> um, but you know, I mean, and you know, you've got skinny little Anthony Daniels in there. I mean, you would, uh-huh. who would think that there's a person in there? Cause he's so skinny. Yeah. Oh, he's bumping me out that he, he's got those fucking bars, like straight out your arms. It's like that, that's, that's the one thing I never understood is the whole, that, that whole design. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the droids, you know, they're the only characters that go through all the movies. And my understanding is that they'll be through all th- three of the new ones, I guess. Good. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Although you know when they kill, although if they kill R two, you know everybody's gonna be sad. That they will be, unless he comes back in another form. Because oh, droids really can't die, right? That's true. Can we just get a uh, a uh, cyber high five to all of each other for deciding to record this at the same time as the GOP quote unquote debate? <laughs> <laughs> I just saw someone on Twitter. I was scanning for uh, live tweets for us, and I saw someone on Twitter say. Turn on the debate. Hear the words "climate change is fake." Turn off the debate. <laughs> yeah, baby. Yep. Uh, anyway, uh, so my um, my number four is another expanded universe character. Uh, it is uh, Mara Jade Skywalker. Yeah. Nice. Um, we haven't 
uh, Mario touched a little bit on the Timothy Zahn stuff, but those books are legit. Yeah. I mean, um, even though I guess we generally celebrate uh, visual art on the show, um, I, I, I love those, those Zahn novels, the uh, Heir to the Empire and so forth. Um, and Mara Jade, um, I, I, to me, she's the worst that's the worst part of, of the expanded universe being ruled as non-existent because I don't know that we'll ever see her. Um, it doesn't seem like we will, but, uh, but we got a lot of stories about her and essentially she was, uh, she was the emperor's, well, she was an emperor's hand, which was essentially one of his, 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 uh, trained assassins and spies. And she was very good, arguably the best that he ever had. And, um, she then is given a quest to kill Luke Skywalker. Um, but then the Emperor dies, and as, as we all know, because, uh, because Darth, Darth kills him. Well, he doesn't really kill him, but as far as that goes, he, he kills his corporeal body. Um, and so she ends up becoming a smuggler and doing a whole, whole thing there, and she's basically the heir apparent to her, her captain and is about to take over that. And then she ends up sleeping with Lando for a little bit. And, uh, and then she keeps befriending Luke and ends up falling in love with him and marrying him and trains into the Jedi arts, becomes actually a Jedi master and a member of the council. And, um, of course gives birth to, to Ben, which is their son. And, uh, she's really a central, I mean, she's arguably one of the, you know, five to 10 most important characters in the expanded universe. So, um, and a hottie to boot. It's like, uh, Mary Jane Watson with, with, with force powers. It's awesome. <laughs> So, with scruples yeah, yeah. so marriage Mar- nice my number four was created by roy thomas and howard shaken <laughs> i talked about him before what? really yes yes i talked about him before here he is the mercenary <laughs> anthropomorphic bunny he's green mr jackson <laughs> I love that character. Didn't he didn't hang around for long. I nah. think by issue like 16 or 17 he was gone. Uh and it didn't didn't show up in all of them. Sorry Mr. Jackson, I am for real. Just so ridiculous a character. Um the again the origins of the character come from Warner Brothers and Bugs Bunny. When um uh, Bugs would sometimes greet people like What's up, Jackson, you know, and so Thomas and Chaken took that and ran with it to the point where I, I think there was even two uh, bounty hunters in the comic that were, were trying to kidnap uh, or trying to get uh, Jackson and they were called Daffy and Fudd, yeah. you know, so the, so the Looney Tunes vibe was going through those. And again, they didn't know what they were doing. Roy Thomas was just trying to write great stories. He had no idea that this thing were, was going to have huge legs. And um, I believe that Jackson was one of the first uh, expanded universe characters, right? Because it was right after the six issue retelling of the movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was issue like seven. Yeah, it was the next uh, one, I think. Yeah. I think seven or eight, yeah. And uh, he just stuck with me because what's what's more ridiculous than a green anthropomorphic bunny rabbit in the Star Wars universe? It just was crazy, and it just stuck with me ever since. And uh, it's it's silly, and that's why I love him. Almost, just, it would be it would be a hoot if Abrams kind of inserted yeah, him somewhere just, into the new movie, just in the background in like a bar. Yeah, yeah. He was on one of the variant covers. For the new series, yes, yeah, he was. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. A nice, nice little uh, 
remembrance there. But yeah, Jackson, double X O N. Yeah. <laughs> well uh, done. Thank you. So, um, couple here. We have Mr. John, the anti-drummer. Trying to be a little bit of a wise ass here, I think. Uh, number five, Admiral Akbar. Number four, Porkins. Number three, Stormtroopers. Number two, General Grievous. Number one, Max Rebo. Oh, Max Rebo's cool. That's legit. That's legit. Yeah, yeah. Mr. J. Cody. Uh, number five, Darth Vader. Number four, Jabba the Hutt. Number three, Black Suit Luke. It's amazing how many people are answering like certain costumes of a character. Like, yes, guys, that's... like Luke is Luke. <laughs> like, not, we're not talking about favorite Kenner action figures here. We're talking about favorite characters. I know. Yeah, we are. R two D two number two, and number one Boba Fett. Can we can we talk about Boba Fett for a second? No. <laughs> no, I would go so far. I'm about to blow some people up. Is to say Boba Fett is by far and away the most overrated Star Wars character. Get lost. No. Okay. Oh, you nice. Just, you you just bullied us like all five phases. You, you, you just, you just took my number, number one. one. Yes. <laughs> you took my number one. Oh, shit. Boba Fett <laughs> was not overrated. I will save it. Save it. Wait, 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 save it then. Let's mm. get to the one. Okay. You disagree. Uh, okay. I'll make my case after. All right. Okay. 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 I, I want to hear anything about the damn Sarlacc oh, pit. Yeah, don't want to hear For the record, I don't see how you can make Boba Fett the number one without absolutely adoring the prequels. But you don't. So. No, that's the whole problem. I was just, can I please? That's the whole problem. Boba Fett was an anomaly. He was unique. He was mysterious. He was this bounty hunter that came into the picture. We didn't know much about him. Coolest costume in the Star Wars universe by far. Boba Fett, right? Then Mr. Lucas steps into the picture and sucks everything that's good about the character or unique about the character and just waters him down. Yes, all the stormtroopers are based on Boba Fett. That's ridiculous. That's like, that's playing to the fans. Saying, oh, you love Boba Fett. Well, you know, you're going to love this even more because every stormtrooper is Boba Fett. It's stupid. It makes no sense at all why you would take this awesome character and make him totally, uh, like, ununique now. He's, he's nothing. All you don't. Why I don't understand how, how he could be in here, number one, but cool. I look forward to hearing it. Um, <laughs> totally dismissed me. <laughs> well, I, like, I don't, all right. Now, it's your list, man. You do you. The, um, <laughs> now how we, we, I think it's safe to say we, we've established that the, this whole franchise is very near and dear to all of us. And, and, uh, it's, I want to know basically why it, hits you guys the way it does. I mean, for me, I, I saw it in the theater with my father. I saw it in the theater with my aunt. Um, when we lived, when we moved out to Arizona, we lived in Yuma for a few years. We were out there um, while they were filming scenes, or at least um, filming footage to do scenes for the uh, for Jabba's Barge at the Sarlacc Pit in the desert in Yuma. Actually, Dad took us out one Friday night and we drove around the desert for a while thinking, you know, hey, yeah, we'll see these people, but no, it didn't happen. So it's just, but it is, um, you know, I, I think not a, not a week goes by where I'll get a text, where I'll get a text from my dad and somewhere he'll throw a quote from Star Wars somewhere in there. And, uh, it, it's, it's something that connects, unites, it, it, 
I, I don't know. It binds us together. It, well, it's just, it's, it, it, it came out of, here's this independent art film that just came out of nowhere and, and just ended up wrapping the whole world uh, uh, around its finger. And I, so when I know it's, it's, it's going to be a big deal for Jason and his boys this week. Mario and Jenner are going, I don't know when I'm going to see the movie and, and, uh, I would love to be able to see it with my dad, but it is just something that strikes a chord for some reason. So why does it for you guys? Mm. Uh, well, go ahead, Vince. No, I just want to play on something Mario said about, um, the, uh, original being in almost like an, an indie, uh, movie. Uh, like an art house movie, but despite not pouring a ton of money into the movie, everything is first class. And, and I think a lot of the appeal of the, the original movie comes from John Williams. Every oh, piece music? of, every piece of music that John Williams wrote for that, uh, A New Hope is absolutely stirring. The theme song is arguably one of the greatest theme songs ever written. You you hear the Star Wars theme and it just stirs something within you. It's just like we all know it. It, it. It's encoded into our DNA at this point, and and it's just it's one of those song, one of those pieces of music where you can't help but but feel this this rising this passion inside for this whatever it's attached to. It, it is a brilliant piece of music. The Imperial March. Oh my God. Mm-mm-mm. It just, it speaks malevolence. Dun, 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 it's my ringtone whenever it, anybody calls how, from work. How it just builds and mounts and it's like, dun, dun. it's, it's, it's Nazi Germany. Yeah. That the Imperial March is Nazi Germany yeah. encapsulate. It, it's, it's, it's terrible to say, but that's what I think of. It, it would be, if they pluck that out of World War Two era, I would not be surprised if that wasn't written for for the the Nazi forces because it it is it it is, speaks to all of everything that a march is written for. That's the Imperial March. Just just to tweak those those heartstrings or, sure. or whatever whatever and instigate ignite the people. That's what the Imperial March is. Yeah, it's just and you know even the the offhanded stuff. Like the Cantina Band. <laughs> Do you not get happy when you hear that song? Oh, sure. And it's so it's so silly. Um, and it just just to go back to the to the Cantina, all the creatures that like Rick Baker designed in there, a lot of them were pulled off his shelf. In, in, when he got the job to do the, the, you know, Star Wars, he didn't have the time or the resources to make all of those creatures from scratch. So he just pulled, you know, he's got stock. He had stuff hanging around for, for years. He just used it. But that cantina is amazing. It, 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 if I could analyze it and distill it, I would probably make a movie that would rival it, but I can't. That's the whole thing. It, it, it's just this confluence of elements that just all came together at the right time. The right way, and it's it's Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. I've actually thought about this quite a bit, David, and I think I, I'd be really fascinated to hear this answer for people that aren't our age. Because to me, age is such a huge portion of it. I mean, yeah, I, I, I was so. too young to see the first in the theater, yet I have such vivid memories of the first as if I had always seen it. And I'm not even quite sure why that is. Like, I'm not sure 
when I first saw the first one. I suspect I saw Empire because I saw it in the theater before the first one. Because, again, we didn't have cable back then. We didn't have VCR. So I'm not... I mean, I wish I could go back in time and figure that all out. In my mind, I definitely... You know, I feel like I saw them all when they were coming out, but they can't be true chronologically. But, um, you know, again, is part of kind of what Vince said, I think it's, it's such a cultural phenomenon at a point when we didn't have the Internet, we didn't have 24 by 7 news. So when something was a cultural phenomenon, it was legitimately a cultural phenomenon. I mean, it was by word of mouth and just, exper- you know, communal experience. And I just felt like every kid I knew was into the toys and you know it was it was it was every we always just talked about it and it was just exciting and the other thing too is um you know it's so common now with because of movie economics to commit to three picture deals and that's almost like the standard now for any kind of franchise like oh three picture deal but back then that was a novel thing I mean the idea that we were going to get more of this um you know the continuation of the story I mean just was exciting. And, um, so yeah, I, I mean, I, and I think, but, but the thing that, that neither Vince nor I have said yet, and I think it's the real answer is it was just high quality. It just, it was, it was engaging. It, it was a, it was a world of characters that were in a, in a strange setting, but yet were grounded in a, a way that we, we loved the characters and we wanted to see them to win. We wanted to see them win and or fail defending. I mean, you know, and it was just great characterization. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely a confluence of all these things coming together at once, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it, I think it. Defi- I mean, I think Star Wars defines mainstream. Like, I think it is what you know. Like, when people think of like you know, oh, those movies are mainstream or that stuff's mainstream. I think Star Wars is the one that did that. You know, because what what was so universally loved before? I mean, sure, you had stuff that people liked, like, you know, Jaws or, you know, Godfather or stuff like that. But Star Trek. Oh, no, <laughs> Star Trek wasn't loved. Just throwing out especially the especially the, fir- the first movie. Oh, the first movie wasn't yeah. loved, but even I, the, the series may have, the TV series may have been enjoyed, but it, it didn't get much love as far no. as from people. No. Yeah. Well, no, it was but, canceled. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look at all the the... The, the silly movies that Star Wars has spawned. You, you can't even, the, the, the list is endless. Ice Pirates? Ba- Iris, Ice Pirates, <laughs> Battle Beyond the Stars, you know, Flash Gordon, um, it goes on and on and on. And, and there's a, there's even a, a shitload of Italian movies that can like Star Crash. Never would have been made if, if it wasn't for Star Wars. And and you can argue that, you know, Close Encounters may not have happened if not for Star Wars. Spaceballs. <laughs> Spaceballs, yes. Kids, <laughs> kids love that. Be with you. Kids love that movie. All right, I got a couple. I got a couple trivia questions for you guys. Okay. This is from uh, Geek.com. This they claim these are the 31 hardest Star Wars trivia questions ever invented. <laughs> oh, okay. No googling. None of us are going to get any of these. <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm expecting Mario, you to get them all. Oh, okay, alright. Okay. So, uh, let's... The Empire Strikes Back, because we all agree it's the best movie, so we should know it the best. The Empire Strikes Back primarily takes place in two sectors. The Sluis sector, that includes the Dagobah system, and this sector, that includes the other planets in the film. And I'll even give you the planets. The planets are Hoth and Bespin. 
Crickets. Yeah, who knows? Yeah. I don't know. The Anoat Sector. Oh. All right, all right, all right. This one, a little better. This is stuff that's outside of the movies, right? This is like no, information. No, that was in the movies. He says, having the list in front of him. <laughs> well, this is all. <laughs> I don't I'm only asking questions pertaining to the movies. There are questions that don't pertain to the movies, but I'm not asking you those. Okay. Name all the planets Master Yoda sets foot on in the films. Dagobah. Correct. Um, Tatooine. No. No. But, uh, you said all the films. Uh, when was he in Tatooine? He was never on Tatooine, but he was no. on, um, he was on the, the, the clone planet. Um, Correct. Whatever the hell it's called. Kamina. And he's on, and he's on, uh, Coruscant. Correct. And he's on, uh, let me think, where else did he go? He went to the, 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 de- the planet where the battle happens. Correct, Geonosis. Uh huh. <laughs> You're one short, and this is the one I didn't know. And he goes to, it's in episode three. Uh, oh, he, he goes to Vulcan, or whatever the hell it's called. What the hell is that? What the hell is that fire planet called? No, it's the one that, uh, I'll give you a hint. It's, it's Chewbacca's planet. Oh, Kashik. Mm-hmm. Very good, Mario. Nicely done. Nice. I don't know the name of any of them because I don't like the prequels, but I can picture where he is in the prequels. <laughs> Correct. Well, the Camino one is, I think, the hardest because he doesn't actually, like, go there on camera. Like, we don't see him there. Right, but he, he comes back from there, yeah. Very nicely done. Vince is laughing because he doesn't know shit of this. I I don't. <laughs> Dude, you call yourself. It's a Star Wars episode. You should have studied up. <laughs> Here you go, Vince. <laughs> no, this is this is good. You'll appreciate this one. How many dobacks are in the original 1977 theatrical release of Star Wars? And for extra credit, how many were added to the re the digital re release? I think there's two in the original. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. And there's, there's five in the re Oh, snap. Respect. Good job. Dude, I love the, I love the do-backs. That's why I asked you the question. Yeah. Okay, nice. Good job. Vince. Redeemed. Ah. Redeemed. All right, let me see here. Um. All right, hold on. Okay. What star, what Star Wars creature that we see in the original trilogy reproduces by spore? By spore? Mm-hmm. Akbar? No. Oh, that's spawning. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Akbar milted on me. By spore? <laughs> in the original trilogy? Mm hmm. By original trilogy, you mean the first Correct. one? Correct. Yeah, because it's got to be somebody from the cantina. It might be Nine Nub with his pussy face. <laughs> no, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> is, is it somebody from the Max Rebo band? No. Hmm. I don't know. Job of the Hut. The Huts. That's a good guess. Uh, the Sarlacc. Oh, ah. Sarlacc. Damn Sarlacc. There you go. Infamous Sarlacc. Yep, apparently the uh, 
When a small male sarlacc meets a large female sarlacc, the male will feed off the female till he grows to his origin to his main size and then explodes into spores. Wow. It's a thirty thousand year cycle. Jesus. Oof. So they're old. Yeah. Mad old. Alright. Number three. I cheated. <laughs> the droids. Like, no, but it's close. <laughs> like uh like I believe anti drummer. My number three are the stormtroopers. For real? Which ones? The ones on the speeder bikes? The ones on Hawk? No, ones- doesn't ma- oh. doesn't matter. The, the original stormtroopers are the pinnacle. So you're all about then- the clones? Yes. No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I I love the the stormtroopers on Hoth. The snowtroopers are amazing. The the speeder bike um, troopers, great design. Uh, even like the the black stormtroopers within the Death Star, love it, love it. Anything with I think the stormtrooper helmet specifically is an amazing design. Yeah. Totally out of the field. Yeah. And they I'm did good justice the, with the redesign too. They did. I, I, re- I, I like the redesigned ones, yes. And it, because it's, it's, it's in the spirit of the original. Yeah. Not, not like the clone troopers, which are just like, they look like they're being pressed on both sides by huge, huge forces and just getting all squishy and, and the, 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 uh, the, what, what would you call it? Like the Roman, the peak on the helmet did yeah. not do anything for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yes, Although, if you look at that new Stormtrooper helmet, have you seen it where people make it, like, show you that it looks like a duck? No, I won't look at that. Oh, man, once you see it, you can never unsee it. Exactly. Forever <laughs> unclean. <laughs> they, they can't aim for shit, but damn, do they look good. Alright. Fair enough. Okay. Mario. What you got? Oh, we're gonna go with Mario. Segway. Uh, what's my number three? Let me get my list here. Uh, my number three is, oh, it's Boba Fett. <laughs> Boba Fett. Boba Fett, where? You, you gotta say it like that. Boba, Boba Fett. Fett. <laughs> not, not Django? So damn cool. No, Django. Yeah, I mean, I mean. Uh, Django. <laughs> Panko. And Vince, if you want to chime in here too, I, mean, I don't know, but I like. Won't. You just take it. The, away. uh, I mean, primarily, before, before, you know, before the prequels, that, that, that design is awesome. It's an awesome yes. design. It was the best looking character in the original trilogy. Um, he was mysterious. You didn't know what was going on. You know, he was a bounty hunter, you know, which is cool. He had so, he had very few lines, which made him even more badass. I mean, he was badass. Yes. You know, the way he's hiding in the, you know, like, you know, you think they're getting away and he's hiding in the, in the trash with them and then just follows them right along. Got the best looking ship in the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's Slave One, shout out. Slave One, awesome. Um, you know, that's, and that's like. Star Wars Lego too, by the way. Oh, really? It's good, good there's Lego. two of them, right? Yeah, there's a big one now. I'm talking about the, like, the original, but yeah. Um, but you know, like, there was, not, not that I experienced this because of my age, but I mean, people thought that, like, when, Yoda in the second movie said no, or was it in the first, third movie? When he, it was the third movie when he says no, there, no, it was the second one. When he says no, there is another. When, when Luke leaves for Bespin. There yep. were people, there was theories that like, oh, it's Boba Fett. Boba Fett's the other Jedi. You know what I mean? Cause he was so mysterious. Like no one thought Leia. They were all like, oh, it's Boba Fett. He's badass. It's gotta be him. Um, 
kind of would be cool if it was Boba Fett. Yeah, uh huh. You know, the only thing that <laughs> the only thing that sucks about Boba Fett is 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 his 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 demise. That's the right. only thing that sucks. Silly, it was silly. <laughs> the the guy wears Wookie pelts. How cool is that? Yeah. I definitely don't want to be in the position of like negging y'all's list because it's, but, but I, I, I guess since I preempted this 10 minutes ago by saying I think he's the most overrated character in the Star Wars universe, I, I, I don't get it. Like, I, like, I agree with what you're saying that in the first three, he was, he was the tall, dark, and handsome. He was the mysterious guy. It was cool, but I can't extricate that we've seen so much more of him and I can't remove what we learned about him in the prequels that like it negates a lot of that for me. Exactly, which was why the prequels are evil. Like if 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 Anakin hurts your view of Vader, how does was Django and the clones not hurt your view of of Boba? I don't know. Like I feel like I don't like to think about story. Like like where was the great special story in the special? Okay, (laughs) we don't need a great Boba story. We already have one. His mere, the guy can walk on, on the, he, he walks into the screen and immediately captures your attention. The design of the costume, the mysteriousness, like, like Mario said, the, just the fact that he is trying and almost succeeded. I mean, Han Solo and Carbonite, that's a product of Boba Fett. Boba Fett. So. <laughs> That's fair. He he almost took out Han Solo. He's definitely he could have. Looking, I'll say, and 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 in evidence to that, I mean, they have gone crazy with the Mandalorian armor now. I mean, that's but but you know, yeah. in, in retcon, that's he's wearing Mandalorian armor, and that's been. I mean, we've seen a lot of different Mandalorians, particularly in the uh, in the Lego world. There's there's a shit ton of of Mandalorian Lego figures. Yeah, yeah. And, Free Vizsla and and obviously Django, and there's all kinds of Mandalorian soldiers and. Yeah. I think the, the Dark Horse uh, comics played a little fast and loose with the Mandalorians too. Yeah, there was a whole Mandalorian there was war, a, and yeah, a ton of Mandalorians running around. Yeah, actually, one. Yeah, but but okay, fair enough, fair enough. All, all right, my number three is uh, is Luke. Oh, nice. nice. Jesus, I'm leaving. Right, the sound effects going on. That's cool. People breathing over the cabinets. I don't know what's going on. But, um, he's getting cookies. <laughs> Luke. You know, like, I think a careful reexamination of the original films, uh, he's not like super, he's not the typical alpha male, right? Like he's, and, and, and by design. Um, but again, if I'm, if I'm encapsulating everything that happens in all of the expanded universe and stuff, like Luke's the freaking man. Like, I mean, if you think about where the, I mean, the Jedi order is essentially eradicated, I mean, it's gone. I mean, Vader and, and Sidious got rid of it. There's no more Jedi, at least so they think. And the Empire is stronger than it's ever been. The Sith are in full control. And this, uh, this farm boy changes everything, you know, and, and, and sure, some of it seemed luck, but, but again, we're, we're really, I think, I think if we're being fair, it's the luck is as much because of his innate ties to the force as anything. And, um, we get to see him in, in all kinds of modes. We get to see him as the, 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 the sort of happenstantial hero, then he becomes the deliberate hero in Return of the Jedi. We see him battle with the dark side. We see him triumph over the dark side. And in the comics, we see him fall prey to the dark side and then get free of it again. He's, he, he, he basically brings, brings back the, the Halcyon times for the Jedi's. He rebuilds the Jedi order. Um, yep. so, I mean, 
I don't know that I would say he's the greatest Jedi of all time, but if we're including what is canon via the films and what is not, I think he's certainly the most impactful Jedi that we get to see. Um, and so I got to give it to Luke. I mean, I know he's, yep. you know, he's, he's probably the most on the nose, obvious choice to be in a top five list, but, uh, outside of one other person who I'm sure is on all of our lists, but, but, but I got to give it to him. I mean, he's I, the protagonist of the, of the first three films. Sure. I believe that the force is, um, a sentient thing. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's energy. Corners, I, no, no, it's, it's energy, <laughs> right? But who gains access to this and why? Is, does, do some people just by nature of their, their DNA have a more, uh, a predisposition to accessing this, this energy source? Anakin was born to the dark side. Luke was born to the, to the light. It's, it's balance. They were specifically chosen by something. Not only because they're related, right? But it, it, it's it, it's more than that. Why were they chosen? Yeah, to make a great story. Cool. All right, we know that. But in the first movie, Luke taps into it through through Ben. Why why did Ben? If Ben died and became this this force, how did that happen? Like, what allowed that to happen? When when you think about it, it it's it's just it's. It, Where's the gateway to the force and, and, and who opens the door? Right? It, it's gotta be, there has to be some kind of sentience there where someone is specifically chosen. Like how was Ben Kenobi chosen to, to, to guide Luke or and Anakin? You know what I mean? He's like you said, the nexus. It's just got, there has to be more than just, oh yeah, the force, you tap into it and, and if you can and, and it makes you powerful. Like that's, that's on the short side. What's the big story with the Force? Has that ever been explored in any of the expanded universe stuff? I don't think so. Uh, well, hmm. There, a little. I mean, I guess it depends on whether you want to acknowledge the midichlorians is real or not. No, I don't. <laughs> well, only, well, because so Darth Plagueis, who is the Darth Sidious master until Sidious kills him. Mm-hmm. Plagueis was so adept at the use of the force, the dark side, that he could actually create life. Exactly. And he created Annie. But he created him via the midichlorians. So if you don't want to buy into the midichlorians, then I got no answer for you. But if you. So, 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 okay, buying into the midichlorians, these, these, this biological substance gives you godlike powers? What? Well, the midichlorians are supposed to be, um, not, they themselves aren't, they're, they're a life form, but. Exactly. Yeah. They're, they're biological. Right. But they're, they're not the force itself, but they're the, the symbiotic relationship essentially lets you tap into the force. They are what can tap into the force kind of. Yeah. I don't buy that. Well, again, I, I didn't think you'd like the answer. I'm just saying in the expanded yeah. universe, they suggest that Darth Plagueis creates Anakin because he wants the chosen one for the dark side. So, yeah. Which could have been... Which gets at your nice. point you made earlier, which is why I said we'd get to that, which is that your point that Luke was meant... To, I mean, Anakin was meant to be dark side from the jump. If Again, if you're buying into the expanded universe and Plagueis created Anakin via uh, Immaculate Conception, then you're correct, because obviously Plagueis was a, a, a Sith Lord. So. Thanks, Shmi. Yeah. 
<laughs> Shmee. <laughs> oh, Christ. Oh, he was no father. I carried him. I gave him birth. Anyway, uh, for me, my number three is, uh, is Darth Vader. Yeah. All right. Not, uh, not Anakin, but, and again, this goes into the whole, you know, well, am I going to include everything before the original trilogy and, and, for me, pretty much, it's it's Darth Vader. As much as uh, I'm going to say Lucas tried to tarnish Darth Vader's uh, look and attitude and, and just what everything that Darth Vader meant by giving us Anakin Skywalker and, and showing him to be the whiny bitch that he was, it, it, it still doesn't take anything away from the Darth Vader character that I saw in, in the three movies, even, even removing the helmet doesn't uh, detract from this, this imposing figure who, when you first see him, uh, you it, right away, it's, it's seriously at first glance, this is not someone you're going to fuck with. He doesn't look horny. He doesn't look, it just, it, it works. It's, it's, it's a, uh, it's just, it's an image and, and he, you know, between Prowse and, and, and James Earl Jones, they've just, they, they, it, it's something that is going to stick forever. It, it's never going to, uh, it's never going to be lessened, at least to me, um, in any way, shape or form, no matter what they want to do as far as an origin or, uh, it, and, and to see what we get of Vader in, the original trilogy, it's still, even though in the books and in, in the comic books, especially now in the Marvel stuff, we, we see, you know, even he has somebody to answer to and, um, he's in the doghouse and there are even other people now that he has to, uh, go to before he can see the emperor. It's just, uh, it, it hasn't really gotten to him. It hasn't beaten him and, and he's still going to do what he needs to do. Uh, it, it's, he's just something that, uh, they, it really is, is a, is a character that, that, that just works just based on, based on appearance alone. And, uh, it, it's to see, to, I was enjoying, it, it's great seeing Han and Luke and, and the crew and everybody, but it, even, even with Darth Vader, there's nothing that, uh, there's nothing that takes away uh, it, it doesn't slow the story down. It doesn't, you know, I want to go back to that. I want to see what they're doing. I don't, I, I, I want, I didn't get enough Vader in the movies and it's, uh, he's just a character that I think without, without him, none of this would have worked. Agreed. Yeah. I think, I, I think it's, it's not that this is a surprising thing or not, but I think it's important listening to all of us talk about design, how important Macquarie is to all this. Oh, yeah. Agreed. No doubt. And who didn't lose their shit when, I think it's Jedi, when they saw that helmet being lowered down? Oh. Yeah, that scene is just like, holy crap, look at his skin. He's nasty. Yeah, it was just, and the smoke, like the the steam from a, was it Empire? Yeah, it was Empire. Yeah, yeah, that scene is just like, wow, it's, uh, he's in bad shape, yeah. but he is, is the, one of the greatest films ever. And it, it amazes me that a movie that was created as an homage to all the cliffhanger 
uh, cereals of, of days gone by became more popular than all those cereals combined. Mm-hmm. I mean, just culturally, uh, woven through the fabric of everything that, that has, uh, come out since. It's, it's insane when you think of what uh, one man did with that first one. Just jeebus. Yeah. Crazy. How do you, how do you step in something like that? It, again, it's, I don't think lightning's gonna strike like that ever again. Mm, I agree. Yeah. What, what number are we on now? Three? No, we just did, did three. Every... Oh, so we're on two. We are, but before we do that, I'm gonna tell you that Josh Cruz's top five are Yoda, R2, Chewie, Vader, and Han. And our man Kelly Treebid Williams, shout out to, uh, Heroes Con. Uh, Han, Leia, Lando, Chewie, and Vader. And our man Ray, Ray Wagner, uh, Ahsoka Tano, Ooh, nice. Captain Rex, Darth Maul, and Darth Vader. I like the eclectic mixes people are offering up. Yeah, there's a, there's a preponderance of newer characters in that yep. list, which is kind of cool. One more, Dennis, Dennis, Dennis Menard, Dottaman. Um, number five, Darth Talon. Number four, Kit Fisto. Number three, Ahsoka. Number two, Obi-Wan. And number one, Yoda. No one has said Captain Cody yet. That's true. Yeah. That's true. How about video games? Star Wars video games. I am loving the hell. I, I went back and am playing uh, Lego, the complete Star Wars. Oh, nice. Oh, those nice. are great. Yeah. Somewhat rocky road. For every good Star Wars video game, there's like ten bad ones. I loved Shadows of the Empire. Yeah, you and a ton of other people that too. Was, I love. I played the shit out of that game. Yep. So much so that like when we were, I was thinking about my list, I was like, do I put Dash on the list of characters? Because mm. I love that game. But then I thought he's just Han Solo. Kinda. Yeah. <laughs> Cool ship though. Yeah, totally cool. I think the ship is really cool. My favorite Star Wars video game has to be Battlefront 2. Nice. I, I, I think it's flawless. And I have not been hearing good things about the new Battlefront. I think it's hella Oh, really? You have it? Yeah, we play it all the time. Is it really good? I mean, it looks great. It's, it's just, it's a very limited, closed universe, uh, shoot, you know, multiplayer shooter. It's not, like, there's not, like, a lot to it. It's, it's just a couple different sets where you can go and play capture the flag essentially. Oh, that was the great thing about one and two was capture the flag is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not my type of game, so I don't like, but, but I mean, my kids love the shit out of it. I mean, they play it with their friends online, like all day long if we let them. So it looks, I mean, the, the looks are just impeccably flawless, but I, you know, so yeah, it's cool. Can you, can you pilot the ATAT in battlefront? Your, your version? No, no, you're, no. The, um, the, on the PC side, the, uh, Dark Forces stuff, I enjoyed the hell out of those. Mm-hmm. Um, cause it was, I played the hell out of a lot of first, first person shooters and to actually be able to either wield a lightsaber in Dark Forces 2 or, um, or actually aim and hit something. As a stormtrooper was, uh, <laughs> was fun. And, and the, uh, the old Star Wars, um, oh crap. I, I think it was also the, the trilogy, but on the, uh, on the old Sega Game Gear, I spent a lot of hours on wasting time on that. Mm. 
I gotta say, and this will probably speak to how superficial I am, you know, ooh, shiny. Knights of the Old Republic bored the shit out of me. I, I didn't get into it until it got, it won many awards. I think it even got Game of the Year. It, it was released and it's a role playing game and there's a lot of talking to people mm-hmm. and running around and collecting things. It's, it's basically, um, what's that fantasy game that Skyrim? It's kind of like Skyrim. I was going to say, I loved it. <laughs> you like Knights of the Old Republic? Yeah, it's probably my favorite Star Wars video game ever. I didn't like it. Uh, but again, you know much, me. I love Final talking. Fantasy. I love Skyrim. I mean, that's my kind of game. So Yeah, yeah. In uh, fact, it, Darth, the, Darth Revan is, I have a list here of, of my top five greatest Sith Lords, and Darth Revan is, is one of them. Wow. The, the whole building, the lightsaber, totally lost me. I don't want to build a lightsaber. I want to pull one off a wall and start killing people. <laughs> You know? So I shouldn't ask you this trivia question of how many crystals it takes to create Darth Maul's lightsaber. Darth Maul's lightsaber? Mm-hmm. Crystals. Um, well, considering there's two beams, uh, the dumb answer would say two, but I don't know, um, four? Correct. Nice. Well, I was thinking like D-cell batteries. <laughs> there's gotta be four of them in there. Uh, Nicely done. Thank you. Apparently, you need a for every lightsaber, you need a kyber crystal and a focusing crystal. So obviously, to have two blades, you need you need two uh, two of each. It's incredibly geeky answer, but I appreciate it. Nice. Yeah. For a guy that said you weren't going to get any right, you've gotten the do back one and that one right. My do back. Love it. That's right. I'm looking at one right now (laughs) on my desk. Uh huh. Yes, you are. All right, number two. David. Uh, my number two is, well, I'm following your lead again. My number two is your number three, Mr. Luke Skywalker. Nice. Uh, it's, I mean, at, at first I, I feel like, you know, my man's naive, uh, has been lied to pretty much his whole life with his aunt and uncle, uh, his teachers, be it, you know, uh, Yoda, not so much, but, but Ben definitely just gave him the little bit of it, just gave him just enough to get by. Uh, and he, he puts a lot on his own shoulders, uh, still overcomes the odds, uh, and always at a cost though, whether it's Ben or Yoda or losing his father at the end after, you know, finally working together somewhat. Uh, the, the dude's been through a lot. And, and as you said, it, it's, he is the hero of the story. It's uh, the original trilogy is, is his journey. Um, and it's, you know, there were, there weren't a whole lot of Jedi around when, when we're introduced to Luke and there really isn't anyone but him when, uh, when the story ends at the end of Jedi. So it's, um, he he went through a lot, and and you know every time you you're rooting for him, and it, you know, it, it's not like he doesn't he's not a klutz or he he falls down in, in, into into good things. Dude's mauled by the abominable snowman. He he has to fucking live in uh, in a tauntaun overnight. He uh, gets his hand cut off. He's he he, he spends more time on the mend. It seems than uh, than actually getting shit done, but when he does get it done, uh, it's he, he he means a business. Whether it's destroying a Death Star, uh, or um, 
you know, just putting an end or what we hope is an end to, uh, to the Sith. It's, it's, uh, it, it hasn't been, uh, an easy, it hasn't been an easy life, hasn't been an easy ride. And, and at the end he, um, you know, he's reunited with his sister that he never knew he had. And, and even if the Marvel comics did try to, to show more than a few panels in the, in the comics between, uh, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi as, as Luke and Leia a little bit closer than, uh, what you might have expected. It, it's all, um, it's, it, we were on, we were on the journey with the dude and, and it's, uh, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's, it says something when my number one isn't the hero of the story and, and the guy that, uh, again, is, is pretty much the flip side of Darth Vader. I literally in, in more ways than one, but it, it's just, it's, they, uh, I think they did a real good job bringing us Luke Skywalker. Nice. Yes, yes. You, you said mauled by the abominable snowman. <laughs> and in my head, I heard, welcome to the Himalayas. <laughs> <laughs> a, a, a seasonally apt. Reference there. Snow cone? (laughs) (laughs) You go, Vince. My number two, again, speaks to my superficial nature. I picked this character primarily because of the design and who designed it. And uh, Rick Baker is responsible for the awesome Hammerhead. I love Hammerhead. Uh, When I saw him in the cantina, I... I, I, I must have, I yelled. I remember saying something, you know, uh, I bought the action figure and I would be constantly on the hunt for variations. Like if the tunic was a little bit of a different color blue, I bought it. I mean, I must have had like six of them lined up on my shelf. I just, the, I love the design of Hammerhead. No other reason. He, I don't even, he, he played no part other than eye candy in the bar, but I, I, I love him. Did we ever see him again? I'm probably in the comics or or his race in the comics, but he that that race never popped up again in the movies, right? Yeah, I think they're in the Senate. Yeah, I think so. They're in the Senate. Yeah. How did I miss? Oh, okay. Well. I love that you just said Hammerhead is your number two. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Why? I just think it's great, man. It's so you. I love it. Yeah, he's so cute. Oh goodness, he is And you know, while we're speaking of design again, the bounty hunters in Empire. Yeah. Bosk and IG88. Yeah, they're just am- it's amazing designs. Dengar with that fucking ooh, was that a wound that one heal? What the fuck? And we see, yeah. we see Dengar Dengar again in, uh, Yeah, and unfortunately, we we also see a, a a relative of Jar Jar. But yeah, it it was um, who speaks the same way, by the way. Which is, oh yeah, which is just that that's that's just them. But the uh, and we yeah, see an IG88 take off another. We yeah, uh, IG92, 82. But yeah, it's. 47? Hike. So there was, um, they, they, they are uh-huh. having fun with the, uh, with the whole bounty hunters and the takeoff, but, but Bosk is just, it, it, another one's like, why are your arms so long, dude? Why, why are you touching your kneecaps? It's just, it, they, <laughs> the, the characters were just, the bounty hunters were Or saying, dude. Yeah. Spectacular bounty hunters. Mm-hmm. Yep. Truth. What do you got? The merchandising. I don't think we spoke to that very much, but, the new action figures now, like the twelve-inch ones, yeah, they're pretty damn cool. Yeah, no yeah. idea. And and relatively inexpensive compared to, I mean, 
they, they have these black box action figures now that are like 20 bucks. They're like Marvel Legends. But, I mean, they're really not much to them. But in terms of just the amount of plastic you get for those 12 inches, and I think they're maybe like 14, maybe like 18 bucks tops. That's not really that bad. Like, I, I would, if I had the scratch, I would buy like 20 Stormtroopers and just line them all up like they do in the movies. (laughs) You got it, Jason. My number two is probably the most normal of the major characters, and that's why I think he's near the top of my list, and that's Mr. Han Solo. Um, I mean, he's the guy as a kid that, like, I wanted to be. Like, I didn't... I loved Luke, and he was the hero. He was meant to be the hero. But, like, Han was cool. Like, Han was Mm -hmm. that dude. I mean, he was the guy that was getting it done without the help of the Force, without any superpowers. I mean, he just was there doing it, and he was funny and brave and witty. And, like, he was able to – I mean, he played this pivotal role, but he did it in a way that almost seemed like, you know – he was more, I mean, basically was doing it to get laid or to get paid. Yeah. But, yep. but there was a truth to it in, in that that was his original motivation, but pretty quickly he morphs into being a genuine hero. And, uh, look, I mean, this is much a testament to Harrison Ford. This is, this is the, uh, the, the, the character himself. But I mean, you know, if we talk about, um, action stars or movie stars of, of, of our life, I mean, to me, Harrison Ford's like, right near the top of the list, right? Between that and Indy. It's like, I mean, talk about my childhood encapsulated. So yeah, man, I mean, Han Solo was just cool. He was just that, he was that dude. He was the dude in those movies that, that just seemed the coolest. You know, he and Lando just seemed like just bosses, man, boss up. So, uh, and he gets the girl in the end, man. It does. So Han's like the hooker with the heart of gold. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 He, he does unsavory things. They never really said what he smuggled, but you can imagine if he's doing it for profit, he's not smuggling things that are non-contraband, right? And the, the character has a redemption in the first movie. Yep. He, he, he comes back to save the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not because he has to or because he wants to get paid. He says he wants to get paid, but I think the dude just wants to be loved, right? Because he pushes everybody away, hangs around with a big old monkey, uh, does stuff on the sly. Nobody sees him. If, I mean, part of his job is being unseen. Doesn't want to be noticed, but he really does. Because yeah, he gloms on to, to Leia. And you, I guess you can argue that he got her because if he didn't, it would be really creepy, incest kind of story. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. And, you know, the two love interests, one is her brother. So you can't have that. So we'll go with the other guy. But... He just he just wants to be loved and accepted. That's cool. And he, and he does he saves the day for the right reasons. Yeah, he is cool. I like Han a lot. Nice. Yep. Who didn't go? I didn't go. Yeah. Mario. Uh, my number two is Vader. <laughs> um. You know, because he's a bad guy, and he's you know it's he's a he's a black man. According to <laughs> some stuff I saw on the news today. <laughs> Did you guys see that article? That no, woman that what? was it someone that was, was she on Fox News? No, who was it? Of course. Some woman was like, Star Wars is racist because the bad guy is a black man. Huh. Well, well voiced by a but black man. Jeez. 
James Earl. Yeah, yeah. right. It was it's kind of ridiculous. Anyway, um, what does that matter? It it, it doesn't. And that's the point. Um, yeah, but Vader. I mean, he's. I mean, he's arguably the greatest cinematic villain ever. You know what I mean? Yes. He's he's he's. You know, he's, he's Dr. Doom. You know, like he's everything that's awesome about Dr. Doom. And he's everything that's awesome about Dracula. And he's every, you know what I mean? He's like all these great archetypes combined in this one badass half robot, half man, you know, that evil piece of shit. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> and, and he, and, and, you know, and, and, you know, the reveal in this, in the, in Empire Strikes Back is just, you know, you know, it's cliche now, but it's, if, if, if you see that, if you see that with fresh eyes, that's awesome. Not, yeah, not back, way back when it wasn't cliche. It was like, what? Right. Because we didn't have all the, like Jason said, all this media blitzkrieg. We, I didn't know Vader was going to be Luke's father. I, I had yeah. no idea. You know, and then he, you know, he redeems himself in a third movie and, you know, it's the only, you know, we were talking earlier about how, in the prequels, like every decision decision that Anakin makes is horribly selfish. And I would, you know, if if you're looking at the the arc of that character, you know, the decision he this, his last decision is the the one that you know is not selfish, and it's to save his son. You know what I mean? And it's you know it's it, it feels like a you know almost like a I've had enough of your shit, Emperor. I'm, I'm over this. Mm-hmm. You know, and. But, but it could be construed as selfish. Because the person he's saving is his blood. What if Luke wasn't his son? Would he have saved him? Would he have done the right thing? Who knows, right? Right. But there, there, there's that, there's a moment of doubt there because he is saving his progeny. So it could be construed as, as a selfish act yeah. too. Yeah. I don't know. I just. We wouldn't be having this conversation if it wasn't for the, those damn prequels. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's my number two, Vader. Nice, respect it. And he's got a built-in cassette deck. That's true. He can, he can mm-hmm. rock out without even, you know, right in his chest. Nice. And, you know, again, design. Yes. For and sure. that, the, the original Macquarie design is also amazing. Like the, the more angular, like skinnier, the jaw. you know, mask and, yeah. What no do you, doubt. uh, what's your, what is your guys, like, do you have a favorite non-movie, like, you know, whether it be a, not necessarily comics, but like, something Star Wars related that is your favorite thing, like, like a Lego, you know what I mean? It could be anything. It could be a Lego, it could be a, it could be a, a t-shirt, you know, I mean, something you've had in your life that, you know, like some kind of Star Wars merchandise type thing you had in your life that hmm. you absolutely like loved or, or something you didn't have that you maybe coveted or. Oh, there's a lot of shit I could have coveted. Uh, the one thing that I, that I owned for many, many years and I might still have it somewhere is the, uh, the original audio adaptation on a track. Nice. <laughs> that's cool. Wow, that that's a really good question. Uh, I, you know, guys, I even though I had collected Star Wars toys as a kid, I mean, I have to say, I think for me, the 
G.I. Joe and Transformers superseded it in terms of toy collecting for me. Yeah. Um, so there's no toy. Like, I don't, I don't long to own any of those toys. Go back in time for those. But, um, we own pretty much every Star Wars Lego in the house. And again, they're for my boys, but, like, <laughs> I, I bought them for them. And I would say the one that's the granddad that rules them all and they don't have it and they would go crazy for it is the Death Star. Yeah. Yes. That's huge. And that's the one that they, I mean, you know, they, they generally do the whole Disney thing where they retire sets after a few years to make them that much more sought after. And they don't retire the Death Star. It's just always available. And, um, I, uh, it's an, it's a crazy impressive set. I mean, anytime, if you've ever gone to a Lego store, they usually have one on display and it's, it's, it's hella impressive. So. Pick it up for him, Jay. Pick it up for him. Yeah, with with Christmas, are they getting it for Christmas? No, they're they're getting the uh, they're getting the they're getting the helicarrier. Oh, nice. Oh, cool. So you so you're getting the helicarrier? (laughs) No. No. (laughs) I guess I'd have to say my all time favorite Star Wars thing would be it's a I have a tie, and they're both from the same set. They had diecast ships. Um, the, the Imperial Star Destroyer had a little sliding trap door underneath that the blockade runner would go into, like Princess Leia's ship would go up into the blockade runner and the, the Falcon had drop down landing gear and they were die cast. Real weighty, great, great, um, metal. And, uh, I had both of those and ultimately threw them away when I got all grown up, right. which is dumb, dumb, but. If I can go back and, and, and get those would be really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, lo- uh, I love yeah. my Star Wars glasses, not the ones on my face, but because those aren't Star Wars. Um, but uh, like, you know, like the the Burger King. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, I, 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 I still have them and I still drink. That's what that's what that and a and a and a, uh, a, a great Muppet caper. um Glass are the glasses that I drink out of. I'm only allowed to drink out of them when I'm sick, <laughs> like like in bed, sick, you know, like you know, oh. flu, gastrointestinal, and you know, gastro problems, something like that. That's the only time I allow myself to drink out of them. I worked at Burger King when they sold those glasses. That was back when Burger King had the hotness that came at the meals, and I had cases of them in my basement. <laughs> really. I'm not saying how those cases got in my basement. Well, came but up I had I, I had cases of the damn that box things. in your room and shit. Yeah. You're just drinking out of them, throwing them in the fireplace when you're done. Yeah, okay, I got cases. <laughs> what the hell? All right, so no, go ahead. I, I wish. What's up? So what? Uh, we talked about the Marvel comics, but but before we get to our number ones, what uh, what other Star Wars comics or comic runs should we shout out that are worth people's attention? Hmm. Well, aside from Legacy. Dark Empire. Yeah, Dark Empire is really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's the original, but I love that Dark Horse Presents Tales of the Jedi stuff from, you know, starting with Dark Horse Presents 8 or whatever number it was. Right. I love that stuff. I dug like, I guess like with any anthology, I, I dug some of it, some of it I didn't go crazy for. Um, I I personally am not a huge fan of the original Marvel stuff. For the record, um, <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying it's all bad, but 
Um, He's saying it's all bad. What was the series that featured, I don't know if it was a standalone series. What was the series that featured the Jedi that was, um, oh, I can't remember his name from the prequel. The one with the cone head and like the white beard, the white goatee. Do you know what I'm talking about? The, oh, the Conehead, the, uh, Kati Mundi? Yes. Was, wasn't there a series? Yeah, I said, I, I was, in, I was Kati Mundi a week or two ago and Vince had no idea who I was talking about. <laughs> wasn't there a series that came out probably around the prequels that like followed him? I think I so. I thought, I, I enjoy, I have a memory of enjoying that, but I can't remember what it was called. Hmm, I don't, I don't remember. But what about, uh, did y'all read the, the Shadows of the Empire back in the day. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I dug that a lot. There was a Boba Fett one shot. What the hell was the name? I know of it? exactly what you're talking about. But it was it was like Boba Fett versus another An- Mandalorian. Another Boba Fett. Yes. Yeah, yeah. What was the name of that thing? Double Trouble. I don't know. It's, Twi- yeah. Tw- it, no, but it was something like Twin Something. Uh, yeah. That was good stuff. Um. It kind of answer, answering this question with, with also answering a question. You were talking about cool designs. My, my favorite, I think my favorite design of any type of, uh, empire related henchmen was, uh, were the Imperial Guards. Loved the Imperial Guard costumes. Oh, the, the red dudes? Yeah. No. Yeah. Loved yeah. them. And, uh, Crimson Empire. Um, yeah. I thought it was a great series. Uh, Crimson Empire 2. Yeah. Mike Richardson, uh, 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 Galassi on art. He Craig Stop. Russell as well for some of it. What? Behave, Vince. <laughs> well, that was, this was good, Galacy, though. Yeah, it's true. And, uh. And it was, uh, Kirk, it was basically the story was, was, was about two of the guards, uh, uh, Kirk Hanos and Carner Jax. And, uh, it was a lot of fun. I, I mean, again, I did two relatively inconsequential characters in the grand scheme of things, but, but a lot of fun. The comic for, um, speaking of Mara Jade, Last Command was really good. I remember it being very good. Mm-hmm. But you know what you know what I think is cool? When they do the variant covers like the action figure packaging. Yeah. Right. I love I love that. I think I think it's so smart. It, what speaks more to the Star Wars, you know, mentality than those old vintage uh action figure uh packaging. Yeah. The uh Rick Leonardi and Dan Green mm-hmm. did the uh Darth Vader and the Lost Command. Which mm-hmm. um, takes place after, uh, I believe it takes place after the, um, well, it, it takes place after that, the first movie, episode four, but it, it flashes, it, it was done after the prequels because there's, um, there are flashbacks where Vader is dreaming about his life with Padme and, uh, and with their son, um, so he's having to deal with, um, I guess, whatever suppression the Emperor is uh, putting in place for him to forget about those memories or, or not even think of his previous life. They're not, uh, they're not really sticking, but he's also um, dealing with making sure that he's still the Emperor's favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was that was a, a pretty entertaining people just focusing on on vader and the leonardi art was uh was top notch no doubt yeah i would um no you go i was gonna say uh a a mini series 
came out maybe 10 years ago or so, give or take. Dark Horse, uh, written by Ostrander, uh, with, uh, I think Doug Wheatley on art, and that was, uh, Purge. Mm-hmm. And it was, uh, basically the story of the specifics of the, of the Jedi, uh, Purge. You know, we all know that after the movies, Darth Vader goes on to essentially eradicate the, the world of Jedi, uh, the universe of Jedis, and, uh, this is the story of him actually doing that. Um, so if you if you want to see that in action and don't leave it to your mind's eye, that's that's the place to go check that out. Yeah, silly of me, but I forgot the tag and bink stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, they're, they're a lot of fun. These two goofballs, and they they pretty much run into every major character mm-hmm. in the Star Wars universe, and it's so silly, but it, it was a nice change of pace. True. From the you know the the. Doom and gloom. Did you read any of the Infinity uh, stuff? Do you remember that, like, what if? No. Kind of. I did read a little bit of it, but I don't know that I would put it up there. I don't remember very much about it. I just just popped in my head. Don't like the figures very much. The Infinity figures. The um, I haven't I haven't started it yet because I'm I am not caught up on Rebels, but Marvel is um, is it uh. Canon, the last Padawan is, is mm, a, yes. uh, is a series which I'm not, because I'm not so steeped into the cartoon. I'm not sure how, um, how, how it compares to the, uh, to the character in the cartoon. Mm-hmm. And Marvel's not hanging back on the collected editions. Oh no. They are, they're flooding stuff. I mean, you look through the, the previews, the Marvel previews, and there's literally like two pages. They have a droid omnibus. Yeah, that's that's crazy. They're they're getting it out. They finally found an omnibus. I'm not going to buy. There's money to be made. (laughs) Uh, One more I'll shout out is um, uh, Rogue Squadron. Nice. I have that, but I never read it. That was back in the day. That was when I was in college. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, that's as you might imagine. That that's it's more about the the fighter pilots, the X-wing pilots. But uh, but it was very well done and looks very very pretty. The um... Gary Erskine did a bunch of it. Hmm. I wasn't. I didn't realize that he was the writer at the time, but um, I bought the uh, the Qui Gon miniseries that Dark Horse did because Mockley was doing the art. Oh wow! That was pretty fun. I don't uh, think I ever. Oh, it was. It, it, was it was part of the humble bundle, but yeah, it was. Uh, it came in a few years ago. Uh, well, obviously, but it was. Um, it was. You know, it's. It, Qui-Gon's another one where, you know, it's it's a bit of a bummer that we only had him for... I mean, not that I... I don't know where he would have fit in in, in the later episodes, but uh, it didn't feel like he was just there to give Obi-Wan a reason to keep going. I I, I, I enjoyed the character of Qui-Gon enough to want more, and, and I wasn't, oh my god, no, Darth Maul killed... I, that it, I wasn't so moved by, by by the act of uh of his murder but it was um it was it, I I didn't want to see him go just yet so but I yeah. thought uh, Liam Neeson today uh that it, and it's you know I mean fucking Liam Neeson in a Star Wars movie that I would have never thought right I mean you guys mentioned it right at the start of this topic but I think but just to reiterate Dark Empire to me is the the number one I mean that's the yeah like that's the if you're going to read anything from the expanded universe of Dark Horse stuff that seems important relative to the movies, I would think Dark Empire is the spot. 
it was, and it, it, it kind of blew my mind because you, you get to the end of Return of the Jedi and, you know, the Emperor's disposed of. He's like tossed aside and, and never, you don't have to worry about him anymore. Then, oh, psych clones. And I was just like, exactly. that's, that's pretty fun time, man. I mean, and even, even the, the cam art was, uh, was pretty spiffy and it wasn't what I was expecting. I mean, yeah, you know, you got the Norman covers and then, um, Cam Kennedy's art is not really so, um, well, it wasn't what I was used to it after the whole, um, Ron Friends era and the Cynthia Martin stuff on, on the Star Wars book from Marvel. But as far as the story goes, you know, that was, um, that was pretty cool. It was, it was a great way for Dark Horse to kick off the, uh, this, they're taking on the new franchise. Yeah. And you said Dave Dorman. We got to give it up for, for Dave. You read about that. Definitely one of the preeminent Star Wars artists. Perfect. He's up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right, here it is. It's time. Our number one Star Wars yep. character of all time. And we will go with Vince first because we know his answer. Go ahead. Boba Fett. Boba Fett, where? <laughs> Which one? <sighs> the only one. Captain Rose. Love, love, love Captain that character. Rose. Love it. No. Nope, nope, nope. Why do you love Boba Fett, Vince? I told you why. Uh, the mystique, the the dangerousness. I mean, he threatened Han Solo, and he almost sealed the deal uh, with Han Solo. He well, he he fulfilled the mission. He captured. Yeah, yes, him. yes. Um, only to meet an untimely end in a giant spiked anus. But what do you, you? You have to take the good with the bad. Design wise, flawless. Definitely my favorite Star Wars character. I was like, is that a missile on his back? Is it a fucking jetpack? What was cool is I know it doesn't matter. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't matter. matter. Um, I was like, hey, and and I think some of the action figures had it loose attached to a spring, so it would it would come out, and then others were just the molded plastic. But yeah, there's a whole thing about that. Read up on that. There's I think the prototype had a a firing back thing, but. The action figure didn't, and I'm, huh. I'm, not, I'm uncertain as to what it was, but there's, there, there's a legend that goes along. I will along read with up on that. That's yeah, cool. yeah. There was a, um, you'll be happy to know, Vince, because I know you read it. The, um, in the Marvel Star Wars run after Return of the Jedi, there was an issue where Boba Fett did escape or was spit out of the pit. Yeah. And, uh, only to be picked up by Jawas and then. But yet to have some sort of short-term memory loss. He had amnesia because when he faced Han Solo, he didn't recognize Han. And Han was going to save him. But Leia called out to Han, and then that triggered Fett's memory. And as he was going to then shoot Han as Han's escaping the the, the vehicle, um, and then the vehicle ends up going into the Starlock. So either way, he's still, at the end of the story... He's out of the Starlight Pit, but now he's back in the pit, now with a truck full of droids and, and little short droid thieves. But the, um. Who wrote that? Was you it know? Joe Duff? I will find out. I will find out yeah. before we finish. So that's my answer, Boba Fett. All right. Jason. Sorry, Jason. Uh, well, uh, mine is, uh, is Vader. It's my number one. Um, why are you laughing? Uh, why is he laughing? <laughs> you, you, you're cute. Mine is Vader. It's my number one. 
Oh, I mean, it, I mean, <laughs> My we, we've already we already covered Vader a decent amount, but uh, yeah, you know, like like Mario said, he's the he's the chief antagonist of of the films, which are at the epicenter of our love for this universe. And uh, I, I think if you go and look at many of the stories that we just rattled off of other comics worth reading, he's he's in many of those, not coincidentally. Uh, and I I definitely think that. Even though I'm not in love with his backstory, <laughs> um, it doesn't change the fact that, uh, dude was the absolute dope scene. Like, you know, and, you know, again, from the, the costume to the, to the symbolism of the, you know, the all black. I mean, it's, it, in a way, it's, it's, you know, Lucas was definitely a fan of that Sergio Leone sort of spaghetti oh, western absolutely. setting, you know, I mean, and, and he's the, he's the ultimate man in the black hat. Um, just, yeah, just seemed really capable of anything. And, and what's interesting is that we don't really see him like in the films, he's his power and his, his capacity for evil and his capacity for uh, destruction are, are alluded to simply by his reputation and just how fearful everyone around him is, even the people that are part of the empire, but we don't really see it. Like we don't see it in action. We don't see him laying waste to many people really. Um, but we dude just, can what? dude can choke your shit from across. Yeah, the right. But we right, we see him take out individual people that dare upset him or disappoint him. But we don't see him again. We don't see Darth taking down a squadron of Jedi, right, or things like that. And that's right. that. But but we do see it in other places within the universe. And uh, probably one of my favorite things about Vader down, frankly, was that we get to see, you know, Vader take down uh, basically a battalion of of rebel. Forces like it's nothing. Like he's just standing in the middle of that, yeah. that group, and he's just like whatever. And they and the, the 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 rebels even know it. I mean, they're like, all right, we need we need we need reinforcements. They're like one battalion's not going to be enough for Darth. Yeah. Um, in the movies, though, not the greatest Tie Fighter pilot. <laughs> he gets things in it. It's all true. Yeah, pilot out of control. He can well, really turn that he, knob, though. He turns that uh, knob real well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Vince, I mean, you, you said you're behind, but in Vader Down, I mean, the whole premise is he's essentially this kick-ass TIE fighter pilot, and he's taking out all these just an rebel guy. ships, and then Luke literally rams into him with an X-Wing. <laughs> and that's why it's Vader Down. They both crash and land on this planet. Yeah, and, nice and, uh, yeah so... But no, I mean, Vader's the man, dude. He's, he's, uh, he's that dude. He's that classic film villain... I mean, for in my lifetime, probably the best film villain. It's in 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 his final moments, he's more of a hero in that one movie than he was in the first three. And we're introduced Preach. to him, Jesus. I just, yeah, and that's like, the other, right. He has a he has a he has an arc, a redemption arc, which seemingly shouldn't be the case. I mean, for someone that's done that many horrible things, but it's believable. It really is in the context of those films. Um. And it's the dude's dad. I mean, it's like, fuck, it's your dad, dude. Like, like <laughs> that's the best. Fuck, it's, it's your dad. dad. It's, like, it's your pops up there. Think about it, though. I mean, is there? I mean, you talk about all-time great lines, right? I'm your father. I mean, that's yeah. it's like Jesus. Like, I really feel bad for anyone named Luke because how many times have they heard oh, that? I don't know. If I had a son named Luke, I would say that every day. Right? Well, <laughs> it would be true. It would be true. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would. Dad, stop! It'd be it'd be like the coral meme. Dad, please. 
<laughs> He's your dad, Coral. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I made David laugh. Oh, my job here is done. Can I just All right, oh, who else has a number one? Who's next? Uh, it's me and David. David, you want to go? Or I'll go? Go ahead. Um, my number one is someone that no one has mentioned in all of their top fives. Unless David does, but I don't think he's going to. Oh, shit. So he's just from? I know what it is. Can I guess? Yeah. Leia. No. Wow. Chewy. No. R5-D4. This is like, this is, I mean, in the original trilogy, this I would say this is like in the top five characters. But maybe I'm just because I love this character so much. Is it Lando? No. It's Yoda. Oh, Yoda. Shit. No one said Yoda. No one did say Yoda. You are correct. I love Yoda. Who doesn't? I mean, this, I mean, when... Another great, I mean, seriously, like another great thing, another thing that makes Empire great for me is Yoda. And you get this, first of all, it's a Muppet. Frank Oz is the man. And, you know, as a kid that grew up that, you know, my love for the Muppets is as strong as my love for Star Wars. You know what I mean? Like, I love the Muppet stuff growing up. So, you know, I'm watching this movie and and, and there's this Muppet. It sounds kind of like Miss Piggy. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah, it was just because it's Frank Oz, you know. Mm-hmm. And and I mean the I remember the first time I saw him and I don't know if this was some kind of subconscious thing based upon Frank Oz being Miss Piggy, but like I didn't know like is it a is it a female? Is it a male? I didn't know at first. And there's that great, you know, you, you're working through that reveal of it's a it's a great reveal of, you know, that's, you know, cuz he just thinks it's some local that's going through his shit, you know, and eating his pepperoni stick or whatever that is. And, and, and it's, you know, it, there's that reveal of, you know, you're Yoda. And he's like, yeah, you know, and he's, he's this 900 year old, you know, the greatest of all the Jedi masters, you know, and here he is, you know, hiding out on this planet, you know, which, you know, probably hiding out so that no one, you know, Vader couldn't chop his head off like one of the kids. And, you know, he trains Luke, you know, to be great. And then he shuffles off his mortal coral and, you know, vanishes. How come Obi-Wan and Yoda are the only ones to kind of, like, vanish when they get killed? You know, mm. you know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. Qui-Gon doesn't vanish. Nope. How are the Force, dude? Because they're so strong in the Force? Yes. Okay, I'm glad you know that, Jason. <laughs> you say that with, say that with such. It looks damn cool, though. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but um, I mean, he's great. He, him hitting R2D2, he's funny and 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 serious and a badass. And it, one of the few things from the prequels that I'm okay with, not so much the CG. Like, cause it's not, you know, it's not as good as it could have been, but the Yoda stuff, I was really excited about in every movie because we finally got to see, you know, when he, when he walks in on Genosis to fight Dooku in the second movie, yeah. he walks in with that cane real slow mm-hmm. and then he throws his, throws his robe open and gets that little tiny little lightsaber <laughs> and then is <laughs> fucking, you know, doing Backflips and somersaults in the air, 
through, you know, using the force to fight him. And then when he's done, he puts his lightsaber away and he gets his cane back and he hobbles off again. And it's a nice moment of like, he could always be, he could always be, you know, running around fine, but that's not how he uses the force. You know what I mean? But yeah, my, my favorite character is, uh, is Yoda. And there was that great Weird Al Yankovic song. Yes. <laughs> we haven't touched upon Dooku at all. Dooku. Yeah. One of the greatest actors. One of the greatest actors in, in all of cinema, Christopher Lee. Mm-hmm. He was Dracula, uh, Frankenstein's monster, many, many roles. Even the Lord of the, the Rings, the, the Rings trilogy. Yeah. Did anyone feel anything for Dooku? Either, either, Good or ill? Like, did you hate him as a villain? I think I hated he was him. The, he was the worst of the Sith that we ever saw. I think so. Yeah. I mean, by all accounts, he was one of the most powerful, but I don't feel we ever got a, we got a chance to see that. Yeah. No. And um, the only thing I liked about him, and, and Mario just touched on it, is we got to see Yoda fucking wild out on that motherfucker. Yes, yes. I mean, I I enjoyed seeing Christopher Lee on the screen because it's Christopher Lee. But in terms of the story and the character, I mean, it, it was a total flatline. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Somebody else needs a number one. Dappity dip dap. Uh, mine is the one who shot first. It's Han yeah. Solo. And that's my boy right there. Now you know what's up. Uh, you know, it's a funny, clever, stubborn. It's it, pretty much everything that, that Jason already said it, it's you know he's he's the cool dude he was the dude at the table at the lunch table the jock the guy everybody wants to hang out with uh and and he, he appears tough and and selfish doesn't want to be part of group but does more for everybody uh by the end of the first movie and and you know cares for more than just chewy just just his co-pilot um you know we find out little things like you know he millennium falcon wasn't always his ship uh, and the, uh, just that he was all, all, all set, all, all ready to just, you know, leave it all behind. Hey, I rescued the princess. I, I got my money and me and my space credits were out. And he, uh, just by Luke nagging the back of his head, uh, ends up coming back to help save the day. And, uh, and, and continues to do that. And he, and he seems to always be there for Luke. If, if, um, you know, Luke could not have, he could not have picked a better brother-in-law. If there's a one dude you want your sister to be with, then it's definitely Han. I mean, he's, he's there to save him from the available snowman. He is there to, uh, to, to just always help out and, even though he's the type of person who probably would have thought wherever he ended up after Boba Fett brought him to Java, uh, and that would have been his lot in life and, and that was it. But no, his, the, the friends, the people who he helped so often, uh, end up returning the favor and, uh, hijinks ensue, but it was just, oh, the, the whole, it, 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 he is part of this group where, you know, nothing would have, it, it, it's all like the want of a nail. If, 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 if nobody, if, if Kenobi, if Ben did not bring Luke to the cantina and if, if, if Han wasn't there, 
before he had to escape from Java Show and back up, uh, you know, the whole thing would have, would have played out very differently. But, but Han Solo was just the dude who really nobody else could have pulled it off. You, you need that guy that, that, that swashbuckler. He's got the swagger. He's, he's, he's just, he's got that attitude. He is. And, and I mean, he'll, he'll go and he'll run fire blindly down a corridor as stormtroopers only to turn around and be chased by a whole bunch more. Uh, and, and it, he doesn't listen, but still is there to, uh, to get the job done. He is, he is one of my favorite characters. I have a period of, in, in all of cinema, but, uh, as far as Star Wars goes, he, he even though he isn't, doesn't believe in the force, doesn't, doesn't have anything to do with it, but he, uh, obviously respects those that do. And, and I think that, uh, just seeing his, his growth, his, his character growth, the arc that he had in, uh, in the original trilogy was pretty fun, but he's, he's another one where, you know, he's just, he, he's, he's quotable and, uh, you enjoyed seeing him and, and he had to see him, you know, that whole, I love you, I know. And, and then the, the whole shipping him off in, and carbonite is just it that was that was up there with the whole i am your father scene empire had packed quite a few punches and and seeing you know the cool guy who a lot of people may have seen as the hero of the story uh be frozen and and put in hibernation was uh was something else it was quite a risk Oh, sure. I mean, and, De- and ultimately, the dude did the castle run in under twelve parsecs. So, I mean, it's that, like yeah, that, that's true. respect right there. Yeah. And does does it surprise anyone that David's favorite character is one letter away from his favorite Green Lantern? It's always been Han. Yeah. Did has anyone ever read a story that explored Chewbacca's feelings towards Leia? Because pre Leia, no, 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 seriously, no, just humor me here. Because pre Leia, it was a buddy movie. It was always Han and Chewie, and then she comes along, and now the twosome is a threesome. And like, I'm not saying that like he hates her or or resents her, but I would. Is, is there ever a story that explored Chewie's feelings yeah. towards Leia? I've seen. I don't know, but the I mean the expanded universe story about Han and Chewie is that. Chewie has a, a a life bond to him because Han saved his life or something at some point, and what, I forget what the Wookiees call it—a life bond or something like that—where he is with, he he has pledged his life to him to Han for the rest of his life. Mm. Was that in one of the um, early Han Solo? It's one. Of, it's, it, it, I mean, I, I've known that almost like most of my life. So it was in one of the really early things. Um, yeah. I forget. I, it might have been the Star. It might have been this Marvel Comics uh, series. Hmm. But I. But but and then I remember reading in one of the novels when the after the the Solo twins were born that like Chewie's life, you know, bond or whatever it was called, ex, ex, when he when extended to Leia and the kids. That's the way it worked. Ah. Uh. So even if he does hate her, he can't do anything about right. it. Right, he has to protect her so with his life. Right. 
All right, everybody. We are extremely grateful you know, for you spending the. Well, there's some ridiculous. I'm all. I, I understand merchandising and and you know getting in where you fit in and everything. Oh well, first Vince, issue eighty one is the one you want. It's written by um, Joe Duffy and your artist by Ron Friends, Tom Palmer, and uh, Mandrake. Tom Mandrake. So well, that's a knockout. Team. Yeah. Um, there were even some David Mazzucchelli issues later on but uh yeah that that and it's um jawas of doom is the title episode um but i just saw a commercial for jeep and or gmc and it's a tie-in to the force awakens and i just i don't understand some I, i i think i saw one for dodge in the hunger games too and as far as i know i don't think there are too many people driving around in the hunger games i just don't understand some of the promotional tie-ins with some, I, I don't, I don't get Jeep and Star Wars and, and the connection there. Money, 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 money. I, I know that that's obviously it, but it's just, there, there's something, I mean, it's, you know, I guess no different than Burger King, but it's just, it, it's, it's odd that like, at least make it work somehow. Should give me a reason why I would think, you know, Captain Phasma would be in a Jeep. Right, like R two D two creamer, you know. Because uh, right, she wants you know? to swing an episode. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Oh, thank you very much for being here with us through these three hours and almost thirty minutes. What? Yes, of Star Wars goodness. And if you enjoyed what you heard this time, please come back next week when it'll be even more of the same on comics. Uh, as usual, please solicit our sponsor, Discount Comic Book Service, where you can get the Dark and Bloody number one from Vertigo for 99 cents. My goodness. Mirror number one from Image, $1.49, and from Dark Horse, I Am a Hero Omnibus, volume one for half price, $9.99. In your travels, besides going to see Star Wars, if you've never read a lot of the comics, uh, do so. Check out the new Marvel stuff. Go back to the old Marvel stuff. Scoop up some of the Dark Horse stuff. There's tons of Star Wars comics out there. And a lot of times, you can find them on the cheap at the Humble Bundle. Right? Yes, sir. Do it. I'm just trying to keep it in the zone with the Star Wars. I could have said a bunch of stuff. Well, I, I think you kind of just blew it for everybody. Because it doesn't matter what we pick now. You kind of just... Already. You I was the end your travels reading Star Wars comics. Huh? Yeah, so that's that's good looking out. Uh, I would say, I blame myself. Uh, well, watch watch the movies in the machete order. But no, I mean, as far as comics to read, we talked about it tonight. Um, but definitely check out the uh, the Vader down crossover. Yes, sir, for sure. Uh, in your travels, a few things. It wouldn't be minor travels if it wasn't. That's true. Um, first of all, super, super excited to start hearing the feedback for what we've been in the works that should be materializing this Friday and then for the next few weeks related to our 11 O'Closkers Best of Award Show. Um, as we hinted last week, we have a partnership. And uh, we'll, I think now that it's official, we'll go ahead and say it. Our good friends at uh, and our sponsor uh, at at DCB service. Um, we're gracious enough to distribute a beautifully designed, um, glossy four by six flyer created by our own master artiste, Mr. Vince Bizzle. 
Get out. That uh, both advertises the show as well as calls your attention to the relevant URL to go ahead online and vote for the 11 o'clockers. So very, very excited. We're going to have literally thousands of these things distributed all across the world. Uh, thanks in part to our sponsor. So super, super stoked for that because they're all coming your way this, this Friday if you get weekly shipments. Um, and then go ahead and vote. Uh, also next week is both our pre Christmas episode and episode 400. Damn. Um, yeah. It's amazing. It's really baffling. So, uh, I don't know that we have anything special planned for it <laughs> since we probably not. Since we did this episode. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it's 400. So pretty freaking cool. And, um, and then last but not least, I mentioned it a few weeks ago, but it is timely. And, uh, so with more specificity, I wanted to shout out, uh, Vince spoke lovingly of Star Wars Legacy, um, the original series. And I agree that is one of the best of the bunch. Um, but Star Wars Legacy volume two, um, books one, two, and three were, uh, more recent and they were some of the last dark horse stuff and they were, uh, written by our good friends and uh, the powerhouse husband and wife team of Karina Paco and Gabriel Hardman. And the first and third volumes were drawn by Gabriel. And the uh, second was uh, was not. It was drawn by a gentleman named Brian Thies. Thies. Um, but in any event, it's uh, it's great stuff. It's, it's I, I guess, again, it's not in canon anymore. Um, but in this, it's 138 years later, and... Luke has unified a new Jedi order and we are introduced to a girl named Anya Solo who is a distant, uh, she's a, 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 uh, descendant, if you can imagine, of Leia and Han. Um, and she is brought into, uh, the, the, the status quo, um, which involves a new Darth who Although he's declaring himself a Darth, he is actually going around killing other Sith. So in a way, he's helping the Jedi out, but for his own design. So uh, it's, like I said, three trades worth of stuff. And uh, it's super tight, super action-packed. And um, it certainly shouldn't get lost in the ether of, com- of, 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 of fun Star Wars comics simply because it's no longer in the chronology. Confession. I haven't read those. Gabriel, Karina, we apologize. I, I got to get on them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Especially volumes one and three. Of course. Yeah. My man. And I think he kept that art for himself. Or he sold it all to one Star Wars collector, which is equally possible. Because I've never yes. seen it offered up on uh, on Caden, so. It would probably, knowing Gabriel would be really smart if he kept it just to keep it and... What if he started selling it now? That's a good question. Yeah, that'd be great. But anyway, thank you again for being with us. Uh, Come back next. about our man? Who? Oh, Mario. <laughs> yeah, I forgot he was here. He was really oh, quiet. Really Come, Come on. on. Yes, you do. Um, in your travels. How about this? In your travels, hmm. uh, be courteous and do not spoil The Force Awakens. Yeah, oh, awesome. uh, on social media for those who are not seeing it right away. Uh, if you feel the need to discuss it, why not travel back in time <clears throat> and talk about it with people in person? There you go. Don't spoil it for them either. But <coughs> no, no, no. Talk about it with people who have seen it and talk about yeah. it with them in person. 
you know, no one, no one wants to be spoiled. Or, or here's the great thing, people on Twitter and Facebook, there's things called private messaging. Yes. You can chat about it to your heart's content on both services if you're so inclined. I personally am going to be live tweeting the movie though Thursday, starting at 7 p.m. So if anybody, <laughs> just just I'll just send out total, total like fake. Things. I'm just going to oh like my God, par- I'm going to periscope two minute chunks of the movie. <laughs> yes, yes. Just, you know, that would be awesome. Know. All right, last time. Thank you. For being here. Thanks, Mario, for joining us. Thanks for, yeah, having, thanks for having me. He may, he may be there. close to, if not officially, our most frequent guest now. No. We gotta do the math, but Chris I, is your most like... frequent guest, right? Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Touche, Malfrey. You did it. Um, come back next week. We'll be here waiting. Episode 400. Big to do's. Not really. Um, so, so share it with us. And in the interim, Say good night. Dun, 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 dun. David. Good night. David. Did you do the dun, 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 in your head? Of course I did. Nice. You're so good. I'm with this. Bye. Peace. Say goodbye. I love you, people. May the oh, force be with you. Always. Dark Dappus. <laughs> 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 Dark I mean. Dappus. I like that.